Hey, this is Cullen Bunn, the writer of The Six Gun, Magneto, and Sinestro, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Last chance, I had to do it. Yeah, you would think after 701 tries at this. You know, one of us would get something right. We need to get something right. Yeah. It's a goal to which to aspire. I did something right. I went and got a bottle opener. Otherwise, it would have been a really dry night. Nice. I mean, look at your burpers. Like, you just opened up this latest fucking... Uh, have a fucking <laughs> I have so much dude, I have so much gas in my belly I didn't grab a beer because I'm like I'm bloated I I, I don't point. like no no for real like I can't like I'm my I, the, the sushi's got me all jacked up I need to I need to clear it out and then maybe maybe if I'm feeling better later I'll run down and grab one what kind of sushi was it that it gave you gas dude I don't know I don't know it could be coincidence I mean but well no there's cream cheese in in sushi with no the, I didn't have it was no like it was all soup like but I just think like the I don't know, man. Maybe I have a uh, celiac. Maybe it's gluten. I don't know. Who could knows? could oh. be gluten. Yeah. Oh no. Welcome to no, we're kidding, ninety but and but I'm saying, but it, it could be the gluten. I just loaded up on the rice and and uh, you know oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it is. What it is, you know. Sometimes you get the gas. Yeah. Baby got gas. Can can all be winners like you know the place Gil took us to. No, that was wonderful. Yeah, Vince is there with us. That would have been great. What I was there. I know. Remember, I forgot that that one time. <laughs> no, I don't dwell on such shit. I'm good. I was like, wait. I'm like, Vincent, come with us, didn't you? Like, I was right fucking next to you, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Well, one of us had a good time, and we <laughs> hope that you have a good time because this is Eleven O'clock Comics, episode seven hundred and one. Yeah, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I'm Billy Pilgrim. Aw, you're not Billy Pilgrim. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Together on this 11 O'Clock Comics 2.0. Everything gets different and better now. The sky's the limit, as they say, in the self-help Onward and upward. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we're trying some new things out, uh, but it's pretty much going to be business as usual. (laughs) You know, nothing holds us back. From ordering at Discount Comic Book Service, DCB, <laughs> right? DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, and delivered straight to your door like Ernie Hudson snapping his fingers. You get your books. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Damn it. I, I misjudged. But anyway, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get you your books for the price you want to pay, such as Marvel's Defenders Omnibus, Volume 1. Don't be silly. You need to order this. It has a ton of issues in there. Get it on the ground floor of this Defenders thing. Uh, Submariner, 34 and 35. Marvel Feature, 1, 2, and 3. Defenders, 1 to 19. Giant Size Defenders, 1 and 2. Avengers 115, 116 to 118. If you were to try and buy these books, it would cost you far more than the cover price of this book. But since you're smart and you know where to go, where the prices are low, you're going to get this Defenders Omnibus, the first of its line, for a lousy $50. What? That's crazy prices. And you know what else is crazy? From DC, the Manhunter 
story by Archie Goodwin and Walter Simonson. This is the deluxe edition hardcover, all of the backups from Detective Comics 437 to 443, plus that new thing. Well, we call it new, but um, it was in the 1999 Manhunter special edition uh, one shot. You're getting all that under a hardcover, not for $17.99, but for $8.99. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy pricing. Like Crazy Eddie. Uh, last but certainly not least, from Warrant Publishing, the people that do Warren Wright, it is the Vampiris Carmilla magazine, uh, number one, featuring uh, Ken Kelly, did the cover, Don Glute, crazy Don Glute's in here, uh, Nicole Lacuti, who I believe passed away, right, not too long ago, uh, and... Vic Alcazar, and I'm sure the uh, this regular stable of, of warrant artists, all of which are amazing. This thing's five ninety five, which is a good price for a magazine these days. Uh, I believe it's sixty four pages, but uh, you're not going to pay that. You are going to pay forty percent. That's three dollars and fifty seven cents. Don't be stupid. Go to Discount Comic Book Service, tcbservice.com. Yes, two. Of those items are on my order for this month. One of them's on. Well, two of them are on mine. Yes, yes. The the bread's uh, on mine. I don't. I didn't go with the meat because I have them. What the manhunter? That's the meat between the bread. I see your point. Uh, no, I, I. I mean, for nine bucks, I got it. I. I, I have the. Um, I mean, I have pretty much have most versions except for the artist edition of that right so far but um i yeah no i mean that 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 was kind of a no-brainer for me for nine bucks but yes um mr cootie was one of uh our early departures this year back in february he yes. passed away yeah and i'm a bit of a hypocrite because aside from the avengers uh contribution to the defenders omnibus i have all those singles too I sold the Avengers. I did not sell my Defenders. Because I like the Defenders more than the Avengers. That's nonsensical. It's not. It's the truth. I, uh, the, the Defenders is, is, is on our list. The Manhunter. And uh, and, and I had to make, make some room because uh, I'm waiting for a reply from our lovely sponsor. And then um, then I'll be happy. But, yeah. it's uh, But I had to get... And and the patrons will see this when I finally post my previous video. But the the back issue one twenty five. Oh, I ordered that as well. I was yes. thinking as soon as I saw it, it's like this is going in Dap's cart. What's funny is it was on it was on my order. Uh, it was in my cart, and I got a text from Mario with the page from previews from tomorrow's with uh, that. And I was like, Yeah, I know, bro. Thanks. I yeah. love you. You're so cute, right? Thank you right? for pointing that out. Uh, I, I I don't see how I would have ever picked up on a hunter rose by matt wagner thing in the previews <laughs> but he is funny but he's just looking out for you right absolutely i love it for it and it's so it's odd fun. two months two omnibuses i ordered that's really strange for me that's that's very strange and both of the omnibuses came from marvel yeah yeah that's oh yeah me too yeah yeah i got the cap one last month too so are you getting the roger stern uh spider-man one no, I couldn't. It, if because I wanted to get the um for for the two men of steels, I, I I couldn't swing it. I'll I'm hoping you know I'll maybe find it at a uh, at a con one day. So you you are getting the defenders omnibus or no? 
Yes. So why don't you swap the, swap the defenders for the stern? And, and look for the defenders omnibus at a convention. You're not going to get the, the Amazing Spider-Man? What? I, because I, I have... I mean, I had, but I mean, I, I, I read those issues. I don't... It, it's weird, man. I don't know. See, I mean, it's still time to... I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Even though you, you have read them, I would think you would at least want those back somewhere in your house. But then I looked at the page count. I'm like, I'm not going to sit down and... And even if I pull it off and read an issue or two at a time, like it's it's an omnibus, fucking things weigh a ton. But it's it's still. I mean, again, I still look at omnibus as as a um, as archival, as just as something that would is, is nice to have as far as a reference point. But I, I still don't know how many people sit down right with with a book that's over 1200 pages and go yeah i'm going to read a little bit of this tonight and it's and and it's just it's if i mean if you have a special sitting table and you know this is where you're going to sit and read and that's all like like, oh, like jason has dictionaries. the jason has the omnibus room right where well, uh, i i like to read in the solarium there you go <laughs> yes so the, the 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 natural lighting can illuminate the entire spread right. i get it exactly. i get it yes yeah <sighs> we're having it uh, re Re-latticed with gold, though, right now. Oh, so. sweet! <laughs> nice. I'm coming Slamming. over. Yeah, but anyway, discount comic book service. There you go. Oh, strange episode already. Very right? odd. Always. Yeah, that's true. I am. Um, Thanks for coming back for everybody who tuned in for our anniversary episode <laughs> last week. Yeah, uh, we're gonna try to make it a little bit normal to what we usually try to do. We'll talk about some. Some new books today, and 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 maybe even some news. But uh, yeah, I think I think last week was an absolute blast. Loved going down memory lane. Um, yes, but, but yeah, that, it I, was an anomaly, right? We don't usually yes. do that. Facts. True. Uh, speaking of news, I'm glad you provided us with that uh, opportunity for a little segue. There has been a major, I think anyway, a major bomb dropped by DC. Would you like to get into it? Because I'm eager to at least know. Oh, where. listen! If I, I, if you're giddy about a a current yet to be published DC event, right? Uh, let's let them I, in on the I specifics. Read it eight months later, for Molly's, then I'm I'm, True. I'm here for it. True. Let's let them in on the specifics. DC recently yeah. announced that their January and February of 2021 is going to be a line-wide event, two-month line-wide event, called Future State. And what they're doing is they're, they're uh, segmenting the DC Universe into families. Of course, the Batman family, the Superman family, and the Justice League family, which makes a whole lot of sense. But um, a whole bunch of very interesting creative teams. Uh, say what you will about Mr. Bendis, but... Q-Ball has the good sense to go with the heat of the DC Universe and pull Riley Rosmo onto Legion, so I'll give him props for that. But um, it's it's basically a what-if DC event based on the multiverse, because according to this, the end of Death Metal does something to the multiverse to, uh, to facilitate this type of storytelling. Uh, whether or not it was planned from the start, I really don't care. When you do a multiverse-based event, you have my attention. When you do a limited month um, event, yeah. this is only two months. 
you have my attention. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm saying it now, but looking at the titles and the lineup and just what they're planning, if DCBService.com offers bundles for this. That's what I said to Jason earlier today. Yes. yes. I would rather go with the singles for this than wait for, for sure. it all to be collected. No doubt. 100%. Yeah. So, I, I mean, what do you think? Stuff. It seems like like there's teasing through this whole thing. The Speed Force gets screwed up um something about shazam uh and black adam uh, i don't know who this superman is uh it could be jonathan i don't know what do you think i mean looking at the uh looking through the news and shout out to raj for posting it in in the slack the um i i mean i, I was I, I clinched up a little at first because it's spinning out of death metal. All I'm thinking is just th- this dude doesn't know how to not beat a horse. And 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 I swear to God, I think I, I would think Snyder's last name is Price. But you have, this, <laughs> uh, I mean, Jason Lap. You have. Um, it's just uh, not true. <laughs> so it's not. This is not true. You, uh, uh-huh. Okay. So so at first I'm like I'm I'm I was a little. It's because listen, we, we've had good things come out of out of. Dark Knights. We got the Terrifics. You know, we've got we we, we That's we the only good thing. Cool thing. Right. So yeah. uh, it's also the only thing that kind of lasted the longest. But you've had um you know, I'm first of all, it's been a minute since I I was especially in, the, in this new fifty two era. But I mean, you go back to Christ on Infinite Earth, you go to Legends, you go to Millennium, and and there there were DC events that I was all in. I was the dude who bought fucking tie-in, even books that I wasn't getting regularly. If it had the little sliver in the corner or on the top by the title, I was getting it to read along, to go with it. Especially if they were numbered, it, this is chapter, whatever. So, I, you know, FOMO was real for me back then. And, and I wanted to I, I wanted to see everything that was going on. I mean, you also didn't have 80 goddamn books a month, but true i was i was all in back in the day and you know i even you 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 had infinite crisis had its tie-ins final crisis had its tie-ins and and read most of those but um after a while you know and it's, it, it i'm i seem to be more all in on dc events than i am marvel events and oh, for real yeah and and the marvel events i mean i'll i'll usually stick if as long as they're you know within that like i think Honestly, maybe the Inferno, maybe oh no, Mutant Massacre, maybe the last time I was really like checking out everything that 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 was attached to it. But it it's the DC events, especially when you're talking about a publisher that loves fucking around with various versions. They have the multiverse, they have the future, they have the past. They 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 can they can just throw things at you, and you don't know what's coming. And and I I think for something like this. That, like you said, it's two months. The way they have it packaged, according to the according to the news, it's you know you'll have so Future State, the next Batman is just four issues, and and the main story will be the next Batman, and then every issue is going to have like backup stories. Yeah, it's with, an with, anthology. Uh, yeah, right. And 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 I mean the creative teams alone. I mean I'm I I was giddy hearing you talk about it because I know you haven't been reading Bendis on Legion, but 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 this Legion 
is written by Bendis, but it has art by Rosmo. And that's I what I'm know. saying. You take <laughs> Rosmo. It's like right. So I mean, if, if it was you know somebody else, maybe that might be the one book you may consider skipping. But I mean, the, the creative teams here are absolutely fantastic. I mean, even from the covers. But it's just you know the redesigns of some of the costumes, the uniforms. I'm all for. Um, I love it when 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 they too good, especially when you know it's not necessarily going to last, and and this is just for for this particular story, right? Because um, you know, seeing Superman without a cape doesn't really sit right with me. But again, know, I said the same story, thing. Like, where's the cape? Is right. it really tiny behind his head that we can't see it? But there should be <laughs> a cape there. Uh, the other like thing that gives me pause: uh-huh. War World. Really, Superman's going to be a gladiator in Warworld and Mongols part of it. How, I love you. Come on, we just talked about this. Yes. How many and times can you beat the Mongol Warworld horse? How it's it's been done. I don't want to say umpteen times because that's not true, but it's been done at least three times. You're cute. Well, it's. I mean, Bendis had Mongol show up. In, in the Superman run. Um, War World, not so much. There may have been a reference, but it's not like um, Superman got to go visit. Here, I mean, we just got done talking about... I mean, War World was referenced in Panic in the Sky, which sure. we discussed. And, and I mean, but I mean, that that's from the 90s. I don't... Um, I don't know if... I know you were reading the, um, the Greg Pak action run and yes. and i don't remember being in the tomasi gleason run so i mean it's been it's been a minute as far as i know that superman's at least in the books that i've read that that's, it, that war world's been talked about or visited it could be just um that war world bubbles very closely to my superman surface uh-huh. okay. so you know if, uh, whenever the war world enters the picture i remember it it's because it matters to me. So I, sure. I, I think the covers that we see here is phenomenal. And yeah. they, they're pushing buttons left and right. Uh, Black Racer, Mr. Miracle in the same book with Superman. And Mr. Like, Miracle is Shiloh Norman. I yeah. Mean, it, it's, it's, so, I mean, there, there's the throwback there. I'm digging the, the logo books. I mean, I just, I, Wonder Woman by Joel Jones. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things for me to be excited about with this. And again, because it is going to be, I mean, I, I'm not reading death metal, at least not yet because we haven't won any bets yet, but we haven't the, um, you'll come around. I, yep. You'll punch yourself right in the nuts and you'll say, right how, how could I not have read this? It's and, so good. And, 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 you know, this is, I'm going to say it's self-contained in the sense that, you know, it's just these two months, this, this future state, trade dresses on these particular books it's not um you know i was a little worried at first because as i'm before i get reading too far into it i'm like okay well if this is i, I didn't i didn't pick up on the fact right away that it's it's a self-contained event when i when i start seeing superman i'm like okay so is bendis getting involved in this and is, is whatever bendis is going on with superman is it going to pause to to fit this in and but obviously it isn't um because Bendis isn't even writing the Superman stuff, and I, I think, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm hesitant to say I'm excited about it, but no, it, it really did. It perked me up a bit. I'm, I'm stoked for, um, to, to kind of sit down and just absorb, consume a, an event like this with DC characters as it's happening, right? Uh, um, for the first time in ages. But it's the the creator list. Um, both writing and illustrating is stupid. 
Joelle Lantern with art by Tom Rainey. Yeah, Joel Jones, Steve Pugh, yep. Mark Russell, Lila Del Duca, like Riley Rossmo, Marguerite Savage, or however you sell it. Scott Godlewski, give me a break. Valentin yeah, Delandro. It's just nuts how many, uh, you know, Cully Hamner. Yep. What? John Timms again on uh, on Superman. It's just silly. Uh, but yeah. I'm I don't get excited over um, big two stuff. I get interested and then I check it out and I'm like, mm, okay, I'll read that in about two years. Um, right. But this is one of the things that it just it it's playing on my part of the scale with the anthologies, the limited amount of uh, months. Now let's be honest though, even though it is a two month event. It's probably going to come to the same amount or more, uh, both monetarily and in number of books than a Marvel event, well, because it's right across the whole line. It's well, I these books are is, going to be at least four ninety nine, five ninety nine each. Well, yeah, because they're going to be exercised, right? And 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 one of them at least is a three issue miniseries, so it's going into March. Yeah. Um, well, no double shipping. No, no, the, uh, the the Superman versus Imperius Rex ends in March, it says. Oh, okay. Um, there's, there's a one shot, but I mean, there's... So, yeah, I think... Um, but considering the number of, of of single issues I'm getting right now, my, my DCBS order is, is primarily collections and, and omnibus, things like that. So, I mean, I don't... Most of my single issues I get from from the local spot, but, but if... if DCBS is is offering future state for bundles. Then yeah. you know it, it's it's I'll you know again if if there's a Marvel omnibus that I was on the fence for and and this is offered again I'll probably just hedge my bets and and get the omnibus from in stock trades or at a convention. I, I'd rather get the, the the these issues. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to err on the side of um the old time. Me, who used to love to get, like yourself, to get all the issues. I'm going to try and put my feet back in those shoes just for this event. And if it turns yes. out to be a stinker, well, I'll just – I've I've made an attempt. But if it's awesome, I'll buy the Omnibus or Omnibus if they d- decide to make it more than one. And I'll just patronize the uh, the singles. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Co-sign. The um... – well, unless you know you get that one issue that's got the first appearance of someone, and then you know you CGC it. But the um, I would still patronize it. <laughs> you have, uh, hey, what? What's yes? There are. I didn't. I didn't add up the number of one through fours here. I don't know how many issues it actually is. But it. it what's What's enticing to me is that it's not a six or eight or twelve month event that is going across the entire main ongoing published line and and i know and, and this is going to be right after endless winter whatever the hell was in there so i mean it's like what jace was saying last month about or actually this month with the marvel previews and the dc previews but everything's either death's metal then it goes into winter's end and and or endless winter and now the marvel stuff is all swords and null and and whatever's going on in the spider-man world so it's it dc isn't it's weird for me to say you know i'm i'm psyched and stoked for 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 this future state when you know they haven't finished death metal yet they haven't started the winter thing yet so i mean dc's still doing their events kind of one after another but i've i've ignored 
the others and and this one like i said did this one this one piqued my interest well the event that precedes future state is we shouldn't even call it an event because it's only seven issues it's uh, it's an it's an isolated books and no it's it's not an event proper what it's the 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 winter thing the, Oh yeah, no, I know, I know, and it's it's. I mean, someone even mentioned it might even be an inventory story, but it it's it's not, or may have been part of the whole five G thing um, that was shelved. But in any event, um, right? No, I know it isn't. But if you were, if you were like, okay, I'm going to get the winter, and you know, and I'm going to ease up on events because you know I'm not going to I'm not going to fall for any gimmicks, and and then DC's like, oh, by the way, here's here's this yeah. following that. It, I love it when they put the brakes on the entire line. Convergence, eh, it was you know okay, not so great. But like Hassan said, Convergence gave us our Superman back. Yep, our Superman and Lois. So Convergence did have there was one beautiful gleaming gold nugget in the big pile of poop that was Convergence, and and I say poop, you know, in jest. There was some there was some good stories that came out of Convergence. But if you're going to put the you if you have confidence in the product enough to put the brakes on the entire line for two months okay now you got me i'm i'm i hear you and 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 you're making it sound like it's age of apocalypse but i don't see anything about dc stopping superman in action and detective and wonder woman during these two months I think this is in conjunction with those ongoing titles. Oh, seriously, I didn't know that. I think it is. I don't think. I don't think it's. I don't think it's its own. We're not publishing Superman that month because it's Future End Superman. I don't think. I think it's. Just, I think you're still going to be able to get those books, and here's this also. Oh, Unless I'm, I, I'm missing something here. I don't see that at all. I mean, I love your idea because I thought Age of Apocalypse was the shit. It's like holy crap, they stopped all the X Men books, and. I mean, you know, four months later, everything was back. But I was like, "That's that's amazing. I love well, that this idea." This is a lot of titles to publish in conjunction with the regular books. Some of them are called. I mean, the titles are exactly the same: Aquaman, Flash, Swamp Thing, Teen Titans. Like that's how Future State colon? Oh, whatever. That's just crazy. I, I'm thinking they're going to put the brakes on. No, 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 um, no. Just no. to be clear, no. it is. It, it Vince is right. This is like Age of Apocalypse. Uh, all the this, title, really? all the regular titles will resume in, in March. This is oh. this is a this is a this is a, this is just Age of Apocalypse in terms of structure. Sweet. For two months, that's you're going to get. Then. Okay, no, that's great. I'm I'm I missed that then. I didn't. I've been I've been scouring the the press release. I missed it then. That's fine. You know what? Jason has been extremely quiet. Of course he has. I know why. Um, yeah, just a quote from the press release. In March 2021, the regular DC title lineup resumes continuing existing storylines from 2020 and introducing new arcs for the year. Um, no, I'm super excited. You guys are happy about it. I mean, I, again, I, I I want everybody that reads comics to love what they're reading and be excited. So that's great. I mean, for me, it's absolute salt Peter, but that's fine. I mean, I like I'm not going to sit here and do a debate and counter why I think you guys are looking at it wrong. Like you're looking at it the right way. That's the you're you're looking at it the way they hoped people would look at it when they announced it today. So that's great. If two of the three of us got excited by it and you guys are more excited by this than any event in a long time, then then maybe they're onto something here. Like that's super cool. So, um, I mean, for me, it does absolutely nothing for me. I, I don't. I have like literally zero interest in it. But, but uh, that's because I can't separate the the commercial shenanigans of event comics anymore. I just I see them as I just see them for what they are of trying to goose sales or 
in this case, it's a giant two-month fifth-week event because they're, they had to re- rip up their plans for 5G, and they didn't know what to do. So they're doing a bunch of Elseworlds what-ifs for two months and uh, while, they get, while they regroup, and that's cool. Like Again, we just got done doing a, a, an Elseworlds uh, you know, uh, special app, and we all agreed how much fun those are. So I, I totally accept that some of these stories are going to be super fun. Um, I doubt any of them will have any... Uh, relevance in the future, and that may in fact be a selling point for many people. Um, and that's cool. Uh, and I suspect in March we'll have a completely, for like the 20th time since we started a show, brand new DC. And we'll get excited about it for a little bit until we stop being excited about it like we always <laughs> do. Um, like, you know, I mean, it's funny, like, you just talk about how many events there are. I mean, I, you guys didn't bring up Future's End, <laughs> which was five no, years I, ago. No, that, that was on, and that was on purpose, because I, I know that I, I know that Vince was was enjoying that, and, and yeah, that that was one I definitely sat out on. And, and we picked and chose what, what we read from Convergence. Um, so, yeah, we, we can be picky. Um, yeah, and again, it's, the funny thing about comics, I think, now, is just a lot of it, I think, is what you are in the mood for in the moment and how far away you were from the last attempt. Like I, I totally agree with the idea that if you sit out a few events, you're more likely to be excited about a subsequent event. Um, like even here, you guys talk about, wow, the creative team, like all the names you rattled off are doing regular monthly comics every month, all the time. Like they're in previews every month, (laughs) like those guys. So like, like the only one I saw that I hadn't, seen in a, in a minute was Nicola Scott. Like, that's the only one I'm like, oh, I, I haven't seen her do comics in a while. But, like, Steve Pugh, Rossman, like, they've all been doing DC Comics, like, on the regular. It's just that they do C-level titles that you haven't read because <laughs> you're not interested. But, like, so, it, and that's cool. Like, so they're maybe going to get a little more shine because they're great artists. And I'm excited that they're going to get some more shine. But, uh, um, I, you know, I've said this for, like, six previews videos in a row. I get mentally exhausted when I open up the DC and the Marvel previews books and I see these graphic logos over 50% of the pages. And I think, and, and it's all about business and it's about the part of the business I hate, which is that it's this never ending treadmill of got to do sales, got to do sales, got to stick the retailers with lots and lots of inventory, got to get into buy variants, got to get into buy tie-ins and then sales are shitty. And so they have like time for another event and they, DC and Marvel both do it all the time. And bluntly, the reason they do it all the time is because it works. Because here we go. Like, you two of the three are excited about it. You're talking about buying the whole thing. So it's going to work. They're getting you to spend two to three to four times more on DC for those two months than you've spent in a year or two. So mission accomplished. And they'll be fine with you dropping off for another year or two until they get you again. Because if you average out... If you're going to buy 60 books over a month and 120 books over two months or whatever it's going to be, uh, you know, if you only buy five to 10 for the next 10 months, which is probably what you're going to do, but you average it out, they're okay because there'll be enough people if you average, you're averaging out 15, 20 bucks a month and, and, it, and it works. So, like, again, from a business perspective, more power to you. And, and, and let me be clear, like, I totally accept that some of these stories are going to be awesome. Like, I totally accept that you're going to come on and you're going to tag team and it's going to sound fun. And I'm going to be like, oh, maybe I'll pick that up. Maybe I'll read that on Comixology. Like, so it's, it's not like saying it's going to be trash. I I don't think that's the case. There are a lot of talented people involved. Um, I just think that for me, I guess it's just I, I my biggest issue with these comics is that, like, we've just seen them. Like, you, like Vince, I was saying you're cute because you were like, oh, Murder World. Like, how many times have we seen that? Like. 
I guess to <laughs> me that's that's the big two in its entirety. Like how many Batman stories can we can we read? How many Superman? How many Wolverine? How many Captain America? Like there's only so many times they can tell stories with those characters. Like it's going to be repetitive if you've read enough of it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like to each his own. I I, I hope it's awesome. I hope everyone that that is involved gets bonuses because they get third and fourth printings and I hope you guys spend two months doing uh future Orama and uh <laughs> and I'll be here for the ride. I'll be here for all of it. Sweet. The to, to, to I did it for anybody blind like me, Jason's Yes, it, it it's at the end of the second paragraph that in March twenty twenty one everything goes back. Which is great. I, I then I'm I'm even more excited. The thing is, um with you know Riley was working on Marsh Manhunter and and you know you have Clayton Henry working on stuff and everybody everybody here yes Mar- Mar- Marcia Takara everybody here is doing work and it's not just that uh, you can go and pick up whatever they're working on now and yes in some cases they are working on B or C list books but for me it's 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 jumping on where they'll. It, it, it's on a book that they're they're picking up in a third of a five part story, and and now I'm just already lost, or I'm there at the beginning, and they're out after four or five issues, and and, and I'm stuck because I want to finish the story, mm-hmm. but the art has changed. Here, if I'm getting everything that they're going to do within these handful of issues, and and you know we're out. Then that's that that's selling point. Yeah, I I mean it, these 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 creators are absolutely doing phenomenal work now, month in month out, and yeah, it, it absolutely does depend on on what they are working on. But um, you know, how many times are we excited about an artist who who's going to be on a book? And we joke, you know, well th- those are going to be the fattest three issues you've ever read, even though it's a six part right. story. What's I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. Like, like your guys' excitement is 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 arguably a perfect commercial for why they should do stuff like this because uh, you're excited to try things you normally wouldn't, and you're going to buy more inventory than you normally would if it was just another two issues in Nightwing or another two issues in Teen Titans, and and Marcio Takara was drawing it or Steve Pugh was drawing. It. You like you should be like you might notice it in previews and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Right. So, but my point is, is like from a production standpoint, it's just that, right? Like they're literally wiping off those comics because they know no one wants to buy them. And they're just having those guys draw issues with a different title and it's supposed to be a collective thing and to get you excited. And, and again, it's working like you're like it, it is having exactly the desired effect where you're yeah. now willing to expand your budget for those two months to buy a line wide Inventory. The irony of all this is, I, I mean, I know Dap's not on Facebook very often, and this is all Facebook. I literally, my when I saw the announcement this morning, I went on our Facebook group and said, if I was Overlord of Comics, my first divine rule would to remove line-wide events from existence. <laughs> like, that would be, like, that was my reaction. Like, I am so, like, line-wide events are so, to me, tired and tropey, and I just, like, both both companies are guilty of it, but DC has reinvented itself or sure. tried to like ten times, dude. And like since we started the podcast, like doesn't that get tiring? Like we have a multiverse, we don't. Oh, but now we do. But now this time it's a tighter universe. It's like, dude, like okay, but like again, like to me, it's like I uh, like 
it's it stops feeling important when I'm just one editor or one writer away from deciding now we don't have a multiverse. Oh, now we do. We don't have the speed force. Now we do. Like it's just to me, it's like I don't know. It's just none of it feels special anymore once you can just whisk it away by whoever's in charge next. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, and and listen, if this was, I, I, I absolutely believe that if this was an event that it's you know in january it's these issues and then in february march april may it splinters it spills into the other the rest of the ongoing monthly books and then in june we get the second half of future's end to, to bookend it i it would most likely be a hard pass to me because that's way more i mean it's way more than i'm willing to spend but it's and it's not even a time issue it's just that how is the I don't see how the quality is going to be consistent over that long, over that. And, and here, again, because because of how it is, how it is being marketed to me. It, it's, you know, this is what we're going to do. It's short and sweet. These are the creators we're using. And, I mean, it, it it's it's a almost perfect formula for me. For, for me to spend my money, they... They got it. I'm, you know, plus yeah. the, the, these are characters. I mean, it's not like this mission, is a mission new, accomplished. That's, that's right. exactly like exactly. They 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 in their retreat said five G's blown up. We just fired the deal. Holy shit. We got new overlords. What are we going to do? OK, well, we need some time to regroup. All right. Here's an idea. Bet. Let's do an age of apocalypse thing. We'll have some cool creators. We'll focus on the core IP of the big three and the Justice League and we'll build everything around that. We'll know that'll sell. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Bang. Clap. I mean, I think you're kidding yourself if you think a huge chunk of this will be high quality. Like, like there will be books that are awesome. There will be a few oh, that are, sure. like, really special. And there will be a yeah. bunch that you're like, oh, okay. I mean, the quality-wise, there will half of them will be, like, Empire X-Men versus Fantastic Four. Empire Spider-Man. Like, you, it's going to be inventory stuff that they assigned a team and said, hey, we need to fill the slate this month. Here's the loose narrative of you're in the future X number of years. Here's the status quo. Write a story about it. And some will, like, crush it. And some will phone it in and... uh you know, it'll be a very mixed bag. Like, and, and if you read it all, then you'll probably come away satisfied, just like the old anthology rule where you read an anthology, you assume yeah. that some portion of it isn't going to float your boat. But well, this is the be anthology enough. rule because these are anthologies. So the, the yeah. lessers are going to be bundled in with the greater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Exactly. Which is, but, yeah, perfect for me. Sure. Um, but I mean, but but if it was if it was a fifth week event where they were just all one shots, you'd pay it no mind. Like these are just fifth week one shots that they're bundling together as, as miniseries. Oh, totally. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, if you shake so, up the status, again, kudos for the marketing. Like, like right. they're, they 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 hit the nail on the head from a marketing perspective on this. Yes, um, this Yara floor, Wonder Woman, I find intriguing, especially the image on that cover. I think yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. The fact that Swamp Thing is pissed off and takes control uh, is a storyline that was instigated by On Moore way back in the day, and it's it just makes sense. That your ambassador of the green would be like, you people are assholes and, you, yeah. and you, you're fucking shit up. So now until you start walking in step, I'm just going to take everything away from you. Like that's a Swamp Thing story that I always want to see. But in in light of the the framework of the DC universe, it's not possible in in all reality in my mind swamp thing should be the overlord of the dc universe he should be having mm -hmm. everybody in lockstep because the planet is alive swamp thing rules the planet but 
you can't have that realistically because you have other concerns. You have mm-hmm. the Harley Quinns and the, you know, the Teen Titans and all those groups and they don't really play well with a um a plant overlord. But if right. I was pulling the strings of of DC, Swamp Thing would be at the helm and everybody would be genuflecting because that's just the way it should be. But anyway, right. I I'm digressing. I I I'm I'm totally in on this. I, I think I'm even more excited than Dap, although that you know, maybe, maybe not. But I, I want these books tomorrow just because I like new yeah. things. Yeah. I like new takes on, on you know, existing well, characters. That, that's, I was going to say, like, that, that's where I guess I – that's probably our main difference. I don't perceive this as being a new thing at all. I, I perceive this as being the 712th version of Batman not set in the core world that you've read, like – and it may be a really cool version, but like it's not new ground. It's just another. It's a, another creative team's chance to have a take on Batman, sure, in a different universe. So, like to me, that's not new at all. Like that's the antithesis of new. Like new is an IP we've never like that's brand new. Like we have no background with it. Like new concepts, new creators, new characters, new worlds. Like that's yeah. When you you're, say new. You're not going to get that from the big two. Uh, I mean. Not, not, no, you're not, not often, but you, no. you, but you can though. Like, like it's what we were talking about with the all new, all different Marvel or the new 52. Like, sure. Most of those titles, when we go back and look at the list now, we're like, oh my God, you barely remember they even existed because most of them flopped. But then you get, you get a Mr. Miracle, you get a vision. You know, I remember with uh, world war Hulk, which was, as we all agree, an amazing little mini event into its own, but but because of World War Hulk, Incredible Hercules happened. And I loved that. I thought that was a phenomenal run. And like, there was no reason to think that. Like, it was just a, okay, what are we going to do with the Hulk title while we have... Right, but those are, those are not new characters. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, so you can get something special, a kernel or two out of each of these things. Like, when they reset the table, a couple things always emerge that are above the fray because of the creators involved are just clicking on all cylinders and they come up with a really well-executed, often slightly innovative take on characters we already felt like we knew about. And and that's great. And that will happen with this too. And then most of the stuff is stuff you kind of read and you think, oh, okay. And then you forget it existed and you're putting them in a care package three years later thinking, I don't even remember buying this. And like, that's, that's fine. Like convergence. I, right. I literally gave away every convergence book on the last care package shipment last month when we sent them out. Like I, I gave a couple in each of my boxes and it's like, I, I could barely, the only thing I can remember about convergence. Well, two things. The god awful chip kid colors, uh, covers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really yeah. like one of the worst ideas ever, and and that I didn't enjoy the, the event, <laughs> and was like, why did I buy this whole thing? Right, you know. I think the biggest IP generator in terms of new characters the industry has ever seen, aside from Kirby, is Jeff Johns. Oh wow, I. Dude, if you take all of the the lantern characters he created, all of the red, the yellow, the blue, the indigo, come on. He gave DC tons of new characters. Well, but how many of them are even relevant, though? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They, well, I, they, think I think it does matter. Oh, but they got, like Roy Thomas, we interviewed him, right? He has a whole website now of a database of all the characters he created. From his perspective, he hardly created any. any like. He's said a million times, I really didn't create that many characters. He's created over 700 characters. Like, yeah, it's true. I, I mean, it, like, I don't know, man. Like, There's a like lot I would of... Argue, I would argue that, that if you're going to go that route, then, like, then you got to give credit to 
Liefeld for dead for for Deadpool and Cable and 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 the the other image guys for Venom, right? I mean, like those characters are at the epicenter of Marvel for the last twenty years. Like they have right. multiple titles focusing them, and DC has their own versions. They're like with Harley Quinn being, you know, uh, like I, those are like one of those has been more fruitful than the Blue Lantern Corps. Like I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't get the sense that many. DC fans give a shit about those lanterns. In fact, I feel like at some point we all loved the John's run and then got super tired of it because it was like enough already with these lanterns. Hmm. Like the, the sales fell right off. Like nobody reads them anymore. The only Green Lantern book that has any buzz in the last few years is Morrison's, which has nothing to do with those. It's true. Because John's left the books. Right. Like John's is amazing. He's my favorite DC writer, I think. But 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 like he, they're amazing when John's writes the, the characters. Yes, but then there's dilution, right? Because then you you hand them off to you know. Well, I'm not going to name a name and disrespect well, them, but like you know, you hand you, them off you to are, other right. You did read uh, Snyder's run on uh, Justice League, right? Yes. So there is a new lantern color, or or yeah, I should I say, I don't, I don't think on Scott Snyder books. I should say lack of of color. So it it yeah. is he it, the, the 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 concept of color themed lantern characters is still being perpetuated although, although i'm not saying it's not but i'm saying i mean that's a bold claim to say that jeff i mean i'm just going by even, yeah i'm just going by the sheer number of characters that he injected into those books right at the time for now right. they're there for other writers to use like okay i know larfleys isn't your favorite character but I mean, you got the, there. There are tons of yellow lantern characters, not Sinestro being the you know the greatest of all of them. But you have the red, and like all of these things are still extant in the DC universe, just waiting for someone to say, you know what, that was pretty cool. Let's revive that shit with the colors because it made a whole lot of sense. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I yeah, I, mean, I, I love Jeff Johns. I'm not going to besmirch. Sure, him. I just think that that's a a. I just. I'm not even saying you're necessarily wrong. I'm just thinking like it's just hard for me to go from Kirby to John's in terms of like impact on right. You can't right. Yeah, the the lanterns are second and third string characters where Kirby create created a a ton of A list characters. I will say it it is it is, and I know COVID's had something to do with this, but it is baffling to me that we 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 haven't yet, and or at least seemingly can't to this point have. The Green Lantern universe be an absolute treasure trove for DC films. I mean, like, yeah. I I would just think that's so up so many people's alleys. I mean, Magic well, they, Space Cops. Yeah, they in, fucked it up. Yeah. They did fuck it up. But oh, I know they fucked it up. Yeah, I mean, and they fucked it up with a guy who then went on to be awesome in another yeah. series. Right? I mean, but yeah, but don't I mean, revive it. Don't. I mean, don't kid yourself. Right? Oh, sure. Of course. Unless we're never going to have. We may never have big theatrical movies again. Maybe, but if we if I we mean, do, I assume. <laughs> There was, yeah. there was the hint of it in in Snyder's Justice League movie. Um, right. So I mean, you know, yeah, there it's there's there's plenty you can do with it. it it's it's not. I mean, it, it it was unfortunate that Ryan Reynolds, who is who makes me laugh, he's he, he's he's a favorite of mine. But um, you know, the story, the special effects were ass, but the story was trash. And you don't fucking put Hector Hammond as your big bad in your first fucking movie. Dude's yeah. just got a big head. There's nothing about that. That's intimidating or threatening. Oh, Parallax is there too, but it's still it was it was it was an add-on. It was an afterthought. But the um, but it really does depend on um, the how, how the story is told because you know 
Ben Affleck was a horrible fucking daredevil, but he was a good Batman. Yep. And Charlie Cox made a fantastic daredevil. So it really depends yep. on you could put any actor in pretty oh, much sure. anything, but it it really just depends on the um the well, vehicle I thought I'd it. never I mean <laughs> when Ryan Reynolds played mouthless yeah, I mean I, I mean like I was he was dead to me. Yeah, that was like, that was trash. That was and then luckily luckily he he agreed and and pushed hard to to do it right. So thank goodness he he have, he re, he redeemed himself. Oh, totally redeemed himself. That was but, uh, shit. Yeah. I have to say one of my least mo- my least favorite times ever on the show is on those references where I have I have to play the villain. I I don't I don't like that. I like I because I generally don't want like I'm not I I'm not gonna lie and like again I'm not like this that news today was Salt Peter to me and I was like seeing you all and you weren't the only ones like Daryl and all those guys Hassan you were all super excited and I'm thinking wow like I'm just on a different plane of existence these days and y'all when it comes to this stuff like and that's cool like I'd rather twenty of my buddies be super excited and me not than the alternative so that i mean like i prefer that but i right, hate having that right like well, follow think... your guys your guys 20 minutes of enthusiasm with like oh i think it's dumb like so i i don't like that i don't like being, being I, I i think it also i mean i i was expecting it not not so much because of from the business side of things because yes it is yet another fucking event and we've had both publishers say hey we're going to scale back on these and that's an absolute lie but i i knew there'd be some hesitation on your part because and and you know god love it you have you have embraced these characters but still dc is not the publisher you run to when you're like i these are some kick-ass great stories that i just got to get my hands on and and it's not um i mean i i know where you're going with that certainly i'm not going to argue that i'm more of a marvel guy but but that said i mean if i'm talking about events during our time doing the show i mean i i love the original 52 it's probably my yeah. thing ever uh, I mean, I absolutely adored it. I thought it was incredible. Um, we talked about Final, Final Crisis. Crisis. Yeah, yeah, I love Final Crisis probably more than a lot of people. Um, so I'm, I actually think sometimes DC events are more pleasurable to me because I'm not so beholden to the continuity divergences or the retconning. Like, it doesn't really affect me because I don't have the... Um, so, yeah, I mean... And, and honestly, I, one of our... Uh, one of our, our, our EOC listeners posted in the Facebook group about this, about um, with events, what what kind of style of event do you most prefer structurally? And I don't really know that I have a preference, but I have to say I do agree wholeheartedly that I'd be like major casting salt on this if this was 50 issues for two months and we were going to get all the other titles. Right. So I I think it actually, if I'm going to do it, it's way cooler doing it this way, the Age of Apocalypse way. I 100%. think that is actually better. Yeah. And I, I so yeah, so like I, I think in terms of if you're going to ha- go ahead and do this, and yeah, they probably are doing it because they needed a couple months to regroup. But yeah, like then at least they're doing it the right way, which is not trying to th- get you to buy a bunch of extra stuff on top of, of, of just inventory stuffs in the yeah. main comics. So that's cool. And yeah. that's, and, 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 you know, not, not to belabor that point, it, it is, it, if it was, going to be like yeah i'm already getting you know the bend of superman in action so if i i would still be getting those two issues plus this event if dc was so it's not like i'm already getting three dozen dc books every month and sure. then this would be on top of it so, i mean I, for, for people who who do have to watch their budget and have to be careful about then yeah i i'd be livid but well you obviously again, didn't read the solicitations for bendis's superman in action in this previews 
Because they're the last issues he's doing. No, 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 no. No, you didn't read it. It says oh, the last that... issue with this creative no. team. With this creative team. That just probably means Ivan's done. Get out of here. That, That's what they that, do? That just, that just means that, 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 that John and Klaus are going to go and, something, and, go and draw something else. It, it doesn't... Well, why didn't they say it, this artistic team? They didn't because say... They've been, no, they, they've been... Because it, it, it's creative team. They're an entire team. Bendis is going to be mm-hmm. writing... It, because they, they tried to say this... Uh, Someone did an interview, or or there was there was a link, there was an article that uh, you know where Bendis mentions his his final stories for Superman on on his books, and and I think Hassan was the one who pointed out that yeah he's he's Bendis was talking about where he's taking he knows where the stories are ending where he's taking it, but it doesn't mean that you know he's he's done in six months. It just means that he's, you know, he, he, he's right to a conclusion. You know, I, the stories I call it dirty carpool because the wording in the DC Connect the wording, make it, yeah, makes I, it sound like yeah. Bendis is I don't gone. know, dude. I'm looking on the news sites and they say Bendis confirms his, his reign of Superman ends on, in December. I think Vince is right. I think, I mean, I, he announced in June he was leaving and then he said, but it was going to be a little bit off. And then I'm seeing a bunch of articles on Comics Beat on CBR, on Den of Geek, on Bleeding Call, saying his, his run on the books ends in December. So Okay. All right. Then, hey. Then well, that's abrupt. I wonder what happened. Usually, Bendis gets on a book. He stays for, like, a trillion years. What's going on? Well, he was on it for a while. 25, 30 issues. Again, do you want to know why he's leaving? I mean, I do. do you know why he's... Because they paid him an ungodly amount of money to come to D.C. and turn by their own... I mean, they said it in the announcement of when they hired him to bring the Superman books back, oh, back okay, into the top yeah. ten books, and it never happened. So they got to get him to do other stuff to try and get their nut. Well, I think that was still just... Jinx World. That was just bad karma, because Tomasi was doing a phenomenal job on the Superman books, and he just got kicked to the curb for in lieu of Bendis, which, yeah. you know, smart money would be on Bendis... But creatively, I thought Tomasi did a, a superb job. There was really no reason to get rid of him. In terms I also of, think it was a tough. Like we talked about this when they hired Bendis. Like Superman is not a top ten book. Like they actually like they just it's not typically that it right. Like be. it's not again. It's not about what should be. They're they're like the, when they hired Bendis, they acted as if Superman and action had fallen by the wayside to the point where they it was no longer selling the way it usually does. Kind of like when Marvel would do that with Fantastic Four, right? Like, oh, we're going to bring... Like, we've always... We loved Fantastic Four, and, and it, it was always a, a decent-selling book, but it rarely, if ever, after the you know the original run, was was a, a major, major top book. You know, Batman is top, a top book. Like, a, a, as we've seen again with, with James... Is it Tinian? Tynan? I always forget that wrong, but with, with t- taking over for Tom. Like, and again, you know, we have all the love in the world for Tom, and and so this I don't want this to come as an insult to him, but like it's the book, not the writer, right? I mean, like like Tynan came on for Tom in a very abrupt way that we all know wasn't like ideal, and it was supposed to be just him doing some inventory until the next plan. Right. And Batman is still at the top of DC's charts, and now Tynan is super red hot it guy, right? With like creating a new character that's you know, and like Batman is a is Batman and Spider Man are books that always sell no matter who is writing them. And that's totally cool. But Sp- Superman isn't, you know, and and I understand, like I can understand DC saying, well, if, if anyone's going to bring it to prominence, it's going to be Bendis. And like, so I don't think it was necessarily a totally flawed 
like presumption on their part. No, but you, like I said, smart money would say, yeah, this is going to work because Bendis has done that before. Yeah. Has, yeah. has turned things around. I don't, I, I, I mean, I want to wait until we get the March solicits because if this, because, because yes, Bendis is, this creative team is done again in December and that's fine because in January we have the new books and yet we already saw the creative teams for, for future state. And we don't know what's going to happen with Superman books in March. And and I I I still right now I'm feeling that it just means Bendis is coming back to write the books with different artists. That's I'm, he I he just told you that he's not. He's no. He, I'm I'm looking at some of the same sites that 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 Jason was just referring to. But he's like he's things change in December. Yeah, we know that because Future State starts in January. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, I have, I don't have a pony in that race, so I, you right. know, whatever. Um, but for your sake, I hope he does stick around because you like his work. I'm enjoying his work, and yeah. and and looking at some of the comments from these sites, uh, Hassan and I seem to be some of the only two people who are. So it's I know Jason's picking up every once in a while, but you know, it's it's yeah, I I know people, and again, it people were poo pooing it because yeah, they they. You know, Tomas Inglison were telling some fantastic. T- I loved Super Sons. I, I thought post convergence the the Superman books were fantastic. Um, and some people just bring a lot of baggage with them when they think of Bendis anyway, and 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 they kind yeah. of focus on the negative because of whatever he did. You know, oh, he turned Bobby Gay and 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 he Avengers with the talking heads. It's I mean, they all they want to pick on shit, and we've all done it with certain things. But it's you know as. You know, don't I, I can't I don't understand why people hate read or buy shit that they want to shit on anyway. But it it's it, it, that bad. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's I, part yeah, of welcome to the Internet. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, for me, just to wrap up Future State, um, yes. my pendulum is swinging back. Uh, there was a time when I would be more interested in the independent stuff. Of the uh, previous catalog. Now I'm I'm more willing to try stuff from DC. I'm not saying Marvel, but DC is always more compelling to me, big picture. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing more money at DC now than I have in quite a while. So this is just more of the same for me. Um, the thought of reading the bi-curious adventures of a young skateboarder, uh, that is, I mean, yes, it is compelling on some level, but not right now. So... Again, I'm I'm in I'm in DC mode now. Nice, right? And it's all cyclical, right? Very, yeah, yeah. extremely, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have some real world adventures for you. Oh, oh, Jesus! Yes. Have you, uh, Jamokes, ever heard of Centralia, Pennsylvania? I can't I say that I have. So. Really? Uh, okay. In Well, a little bit of background. In the early 60s, Centralia, Pennsylvania, which is, <laughs> I'm not lying. I'll show you the Google Maps. Centralia is exactly 66.6 miles away from me. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, that's awesome. Uh, in, the, in the early 60s, Centralia had a number of illegal garbage dumps scattered across the borough, right? So in order to consolidate all this crap and clean up their mess, they 
instigated the Centralia Landfill, which was this wide swath of land which incorporated a 50-foot deep old strip mine. So all the garbage from these various illegal dumps was tossed into this makeshift landfill. Uh, but they had a problem because Memorial Day was coming up and they they very badly wanted to tidy up the, the place, especially the landfill. And their solution was, and this was a colossal mistake, their solution was to set it on fire on May 27th, 1962. Burn this garbage in this giant pit and, you know, Will everything will look better. And it worked. For about a day, the, they had a volunteer fire uh, group um, nearby, and they, they set it on fire, and it burned. And the, the volunteer dudes put it out, and everything was great. And the day later, it ignited again. And so they put it out again. And a couple days later, it ignited again. And they put it out again. And they tried a bunch of different things, to, to uh, squelch this fire, but over the span of, of many years and numerous attempts to douse the fire, it failed. And now you have lethal levels of carbon monoxide and other you know, toxic uh, gases pouring into the atmosphere. Uh, so this fire has been burning since 1962 no kidding and it is still burning to this very wow jesus christ the um so i'm i'm 55 years old i was born in 65 so Mm -hmm. my entire lifetime this fire has been burning (laughs) wow and they said the experts claim that it could very well burn for another 250 years that's nuts all of the the strip mine because uh, there, there was passageways to these mines that were unknown, and you had this giant strip mine, so it ignited the mine, the garbage, and it just set everything on fire. Um, most of the residents of Centralia have either fled or they were forced out by the government. Uh, Governor Casey uh, applied the rule of eminent domain and said, sorry, but GTFO but there there there's a handful of residents that have been allowed to stay there and live out their natural lifetimes but the, it's a ghost town it's virtually a ghost town um there's a stretch of highway that they called the graffiti highway that was uh so that you have this deserted borough and this highway that's not being used anymore because the the temperatures of the surface of centralia approached like mercury levels it it was it's terrible it was literally hell on earth and i think the 66.6 miles away from me is an illustration of that it it turned into hell on earth um but so you have a, a very very bad situation which was used by a very creative writer from allentown pa which is in proximity to um centralia one Carmen Maria Machado, she used Centralia as the as part of the inspiration for the Low Low Woods miniseries. Okay. Did you hmm. know that? No. 
Yeah. I did not. Well, there's a huh. section. The, the low, low woods uh, takes place in um, Shudder to Think, Pennsylvania, which is, for all intents and purposes, Centralia. The the two uh, main characters you have, uh, they're two women of color. They're also queer, which is awesome. Um, you have Octavia, who's black, and Eldora Alvarez. And they're, they're buddies. They love each other. They've been together for a while and as, as very, very close friends. And they're, they're riding a bike through a park, and there's fissures in the ground that are spewing this, this heat and flame. And um, did you guys read The Lolo Woods? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I said, written by Carmen Maria Machado, illustrated by Danny from Coffin Bound over at Image with color art by Tamara Bonvalon, and it, it's one of those books under the DC Hill House imprint. That, I have to be totally honest, I perceived this book as the skunk of the line, initially. But that was only because I read the first issue and bailed. Um, I didn't give it enough chance. But the book I did give enough chance and turned out to be the skunk of the line was Daphne Byrne. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the cool thing and the, uh, well, the risky thing in terms of the uh, target audience for comics these days was the entire Hill House line is written from the female point of view, which I thought was yeah. amazing. So you got the Lolo Woods, two female characters, uh, leads, a uh, basket full of heads with June, female lead, Plunge, female lead, uh, Daphne Byrne, again, female lead. So it's very, it's very female-centric, which is awesome because we need more of that in comics. But this book, being both uh, it traipses into women of color and they're both queer, it adds even more layers to it because... The central concept to this book is that you have this mining town, and the focus is obviously on men. Men go into the mines, and they're forever changed, and they die because they're breathing shit they shouldn't breathe. Um, There's a supernatural quotient to the book, but at the core of the low, low woods is the fact that Shudder to Think's water supply does very nasty things to the female uh, population. What it does was it it makes them forget instantly when they consume the water. The memories leading up to their consumption of the water are gone. And so the men of the town or the borough use this to their advantage. And it is essentially the Lolo Woods is essentially a story of rape. Is it not? You have an entire portion of the population of this town who are having their voices silenced they're effectively erased by this water whatever memories they had going into it are gone so the things that have been done to them after they consume the water they have no idea because in the first issue our two main characters wake up in a movie theater they're like what the fuck just happened we sat down to watch this movie and now the end credits are rolling. I don't know what happened to us. This is weird. And Octavia kind of passes it off as like, yeah, we just fell asleep. It was a shitty movie. And Elle's like, I don't think so. 
because my underwear are on backwards. Right? So you have um, men uh, exerting their will upon women thanks to this water. And I think it's a very, very strong, uh, potent metaphor for, you know, what happens in contemporary society. Right? Women are silenced all the time mm-hmm. by, by, quote, powerful men. So the book that I thought was creatively the dog of the Hill House books actually turned out to be uh, the most robust in terms of conceptual content for me. I think it's wonderful. I, this was just instigated by the hardcover. That's what was recently released. I read it all in one sitting, and I think it's a brilliant series. Very, very disturbing. There's a witch, uh, again, that's at the core of it, who is not your typical witch. She's a, um, a witch that's stuck in uh, childlike form because the water was used on her. She was sexually molested by a man day after day after day after day, thanks to the, the, the properties of this water. And once she found out, man, it did not end well for, for this man. But um, she helps women um, in the town regain their memory through a mushroom. It's like it was written for you. It was written for me because I'm a huge <laughs> Terrence McKenna fan. And if he is to be believed, his research is to be believed, mushrooms are not only the instigating factors for our, our higher levels of thinking, but language, uh, religion is, is, is tied into the consumption of magic mushrooms. And when you think about it, this little gift from whatever pops up on mounds of shit. The, if there is a creator... Uh, they're having a very good laugh that um, from from dung comes this thing that uh, reveals the this, this secret mysteries to the universe. And that takes um, uh, central stage in the Lolo Woods. I think it's just a wonderful book. Do you, what do you guys think? Um, I... Um... I should I should full disclosure note that I have a beautiful commission from Danny of Domino. It's wonderful, and uh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm pleased to have it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think she's in the early stages of her journey as a sequential storyteller. Hmm. I disagree. Cool. But that's cool. We yeah. seem to be at odds tonight. So yeah, it's just one um, of those nights. <laughs> I, I looked I looked at her work from Coffin Bound, and I thought, okay. This is very yeah, good, but I think Lolo Woods is she tuned the uh, her approach to the sequentials to the story. I think it's her her work. At first, I thought, man, she's not even trying. It seems like very very minimal. That um, didn't have the the level of detail I saw in the coffin bound work. But I think in in if you approach the the, the visuals. In tandem with the story, I think this art works very well for the type of storytelling that's going on here. It's not coffin bound. It's it's a very um, layered work that can be perceived in many different ways. And I, I just thought uh, she pulls back a lot. Like the, there's a, a fawn in the story that a lot is left to the imagination. I think that's wonderful in a in a in a horror based work. 
uh, because what you don't see is is more terrifying than what you do to me. There's a reason why they kept H.R. Uh, Giger's xenomorph to the shadows for most of the movie, because that's much more frightening than if he just walked out and said, "Look at me, I have a penis for a head." Okay, you know, <laughs> but uh, of course, I mean, well, your your imagination's always going to be scarier than what someone else's is. Right, right. No, I just I I, I am eating a giant dish of crow on this one because I poo-pooed the book when it came out and I am ashamed of that fact because I think mm. the Lolo Woods is creatively uh, just, uh, to me, it was breathtaking. Nice. Having having read it all in one uh, clip. I also read Basketful of Heads in one clip. And while I, I marvel at that artwork, that's pretty much a mid-80s horror movie. Oh, I think by design. Right. And and I think it, as, as such, it works very well. Um, again, you have a, a very capable, very resourceful female lead. Um, she, the uh, the artwork is just astounding. The way uh, Leo Max. Whew, yeah. I need her her, her body language is just ridiculous yep, in, in yep. the book. Uh, all the characters' uh, body language is, is wonderful, but especially June Branch. Uh, he, I see a lot of Pinocchian in, in Leo Max's work. Like I think I, I'd love. It's amazing. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think the line's more controlled under Leo sure, Max, that's fair. but that, yeah, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's basically like you could see Tony Zerbe in in the 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 role of the uh, the the sheriff, you know. And it's just mm-hmm. it, it's very um, late night eighties uh, creature feature. Well, not even a creature feature. The the the, the the ascendancy of the slasher genre. It's cool. I liked it, but conceptually, I don't think it holds candle to Lolo Woods. Your mileage may vary. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, to me, to me, Basketful of Heads was the was the crown jewel of that first run of, of Hill House. But visually, conceptually, there's really not a whole lot there. Like in terms of the the one I enjoyed the most as a. Yeah, as a whole. I like the Norse mythology angle with the with the mm-hmm. axe. That's very cool. Um, but okay. Long story short, I think the Hill House books, while I don't think they really sold gangbusters, right? Um, to one exception, they're all very much worth your time and effort. I uh, the these hardcover books production wise oh my goodness mm-hmm. that acetate cover I want to eat it it's just so gorgeous <laughs> oh yeah yeah, um, yeah. and they, these, they do a great job with these these collected editions are great yeah and you can snuggle up with this some of the series are seven issues in the case of Basketful of Heads you had some that were six um, it, it's not going to really demand a whole lot of your your time and energy but once you you dip your toe into each of these different uh realities i think that you're going to come out very much uh a better um more well-rounded comic reader for it they're they're wonderful except daphne Byrne, it wasn't good at all (laughs) and and it pains me to say that because i love kelly jones yeah i just think that that it was a whiff on on so many different levels Mm -hmm. but so that's my contribution Go out and get these Hill House books. They're phenomenal. Yeah, I plan to. Uh, just also, um, uh, Rich Johnston confirmed on Twitter that Bendis is leaving the books. So, 
uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is supposedly taking over uh, Superman after this event, for what it's worth. Okay. So there you go. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Rich has got his, uh, maybe Rich is misunderstanding too. Um, well, based on my intro, uh, if, if you all are learned people and have, uh, occasionally dipped into reading a prose book every now and then, and not, not all these picture books, you probably recognized, uh, when I said that, um, uh, I said I was Billy Pilgrim, that I was going to talk about something that had to do with, uh, Kurt Vonnegut tonight. And if you guessed that you were correct because, uh, I had the great pleasure this week of reading, uh, Slaughterhouse Fives, the comic book, well, the graphic novel adaptation. I was published by Archaea, um, which is part of Boom these days, but still like to give them their, their imprint shout out. Cause I think an Archaea book is got a distinct flavor to it that is different from other stuff you may get from Boom. Um, and this was uh, adapted uh, by Ryan North and Albert Montes. Uh, and it's as true uh, an adaptation of Slaughterhouse-Five as you can get in a graphic novel. Uh, it's it's like pretty much, I mean, like it's by the, it's by the, it's very much by the numbers, uh, even in terms of the intro, just like in the book is Vonnegut himself talking about writing the book. Uh, it begins and ends with the same words as the book does. It's, uh, it is an incredibly faithful adaptation, which I think makes it even the more impressive because those of you listening that aren't familiar with the book, first of all, shame on you. But second of all, um, it is a very complex book. Um, and it's a book that, uh, when it came out was, was, was not a terrifically acclaimed book. Um, it grew in its appreciation over time and then became quite controversial. Uh, and to this day remains one of the books that is often cited, um, in censorship lots. In fact, just a few years ago, a school system in the Midwest banned the book. Um, it's been banned many, many times. It actually was was the centerpiece of several very notable court cases related to um, constitutional amendments, and um, particularly as it relates to what what is obscene and what is not. Um, so, so it's a book you should be at least familiar with from a concept if, you're, if you haven't actually read it. But if you haven't read it, I uh, but I would say bef- even. Like, don't read the graphic novel, read the book. Uh, it's, it's amazing. But um, but nevertheless, I was blown away by the uh, by the graphic novel. I, I thought it was absolutely like I couldn't have imagined a graphic novel adaptation of Vonnegut's book, like being done better. It was pretty much perfect in terms of what it attempted to do, which was was give you a true sense of that book in a wonderfully visual way um and there's just a lot i love about it like even kind of in a meta sense like vonnegut was not an artist but he loved to tinker and he drew relatively rough hand-drawn stuff in his own books and um i think i'd like to think i mean he's gone now i'd like to think he would have really loved that this existed at least i'd tell myself that but uh um you know, some of you are probably like sitting here listening, like, who the fuck's Kurt Vonnegut? He's the guy that uh, that uh, in Back to School that uh, <laughs> that uh, Rodney Dangerfield pays to uh, to write a term paper on himself. Um, but Albert Montes is a guy who I'm not tremendously familiar with. The only time I recognized the name 
was he was the artist in uh, in the universe book with an exclamation universe with an exclamation, which was part of the um, panel syndicate offerings, another one of their digital only offerings. Um, and I would argue probably the least um, talked about, like, right. Like I feel like of all the panel syndicate books, like universe is probably the one that's had the least buzz. I feel like, and, and I don't, I'm not making a quality um, assessment. I just feel like that wasn't a book that got the same kind of hype that some of the other panel syndicate stuff did when it came out. But, uh, but, but either way uh, he crushes it in this Um uh, I I just think that this is like it's such a magnificent idea. Um, the premise is relatively simple. At its heart, it's an anti-war book, uh, and that's why it stood the test of time. It's it, again when it came out, it was perceived morally more as a somewhat unevenly structured science fiction novel. Um, but it, it I, but I think after a little bit of of, of uh, dissection and understanding, it became I think correctly perceived as as an incredibly intricately woven critique on a lot of the tropes that we build our lives around in terms of um, destiny and uh, whether one controls one's own destiny, the role of faith, particularly Christianity, um, and and mainly uh, whether or not war makes any sense at all. Um, and the premise is that this the main character, Billy Pilgrim, uh, is um, he was in world, he was in, in, in World War Two. Um, he was, became a prisoner of war and, um, and ultimately was, uh, in Dresden during the bombings. Uh, and then he comes back to the States and he lives a life of some interest. He becomes an optometrist, becomes wealthy, um, you know, has kids, so forth, so on. And, and, it, and, and the book kind of chronicles his whole life, but it does it in a way where it jump shifts, um, from, from moment to moment in different times. And, it's made clear that Billy perceives time differently than you and I do. Um, he will link in the next moment he's back in World War II. Then he'll, you know, fall asleep and wake up, and he's a forty-five-year-old guy living with his wife, having you know, in the suburbs. He blinks again, and he's an older gentleman, and his daughter is driving him home from an embarrassing moment at a store. You know, it's that kind of thing, and um, and it's explained in in. Like he lives that life, but then it's also explained that during the course of all this, he is actually abducted by aliens and they, while he is captive living in their zoo as a human on, on display, they actually go forward and explain to him the nature of time and how um, they, their species perceives all time at once. Like there is no such thing as time. It's every moment of your existence happens simultaneously and their species uh, prefers to only focus on the good moments, even though there are certainly bad ones, because why focus on the bad ones? And it helps him come to terms with he has the same ability. Um, now, it's also a metaphor for PTSD. But you have to remember that when this book was written, this was written in the late 60s. PTSD was not a thing that was talked about, much less even accepted as real back then. You know, guys came back from the war and wars, I should say, and they just dealt with their demons. And there was no sympathy. There was no understanding of the atrocities and what that might have done to them. They just dealt with it. It really wasn't until really after the Vietnam War and then many years after that that we, we began to understand the toll that that kind of environment takes on the human condition. So like Vonnegut was so forward thinking in so many ways. Um, and it, and it really that's why the book is so controversial or at least has been uh, and considered obscene by many because it is irreverent. It does essentially make the case that Christianity is totally a flawed way of viewing things. 
Um, it makes the case that war is absurd and serves no purpose whatsoever. Uh, things I think generally a lot of us and the ones listening to our show probably agree with in concept. But um, but again, you have to remember the context of when this was written. And those were very, very incendiary ideas, even uh, particularly back then. Uh, so I thought the book read super fast. Like I think it could have been twice as long. Um, even though, needless to say, it's impossible for a work of that density to be, you know, they had to, they had to cut things from it clearly to make it into a graphic novel. But I got to tell you, after I read it, I'm sitting there trying to think back to the novel and I can't think of any like incredibly salient or important pieces of the novel. I feel like they didn't touch on. And I think that's in, in just almost impossible to do. I think anytime you're making a graphic adaptation of a classic novel, it's you have to make choices. You have to cut stuff and leave it on the editing room floor because uh, you don't have the space. So the fact that I'm sitting here, I can't point out to you any particular subplots or key t- talking points that they decided not to to to, to give you is, is remarkable. It really is remarkable. I mean, this is easily the best novel adaptation of a graphic novel I've read in a long, long time. Like I, I, I uh, and I haven't like done the homework, but as I'm just sitting here rambling, I can't, I'm trying to think of other adaptations I've read that would even compare to this. Like probably this is the most exciting classic novel adaptation I've read in comic form since like the winchless Pinocchio um, graphic novel, which was God probably a decade ago. Um, maybe Shibute's Moby Dick, but like even this, I think is a, a more triumphant adaptation of, of, uh, of the original source material. I love Shibute's Moby Dick, but it is very, very truncated relative to the novel itself. Um, how couldn't it be? Uh, so I, I like triple thumbs up, like, like my two thumbs and, uh, and my yin yang are all pointing up for this. Like I, you, you have to read this, uh, and, and, and please, if you don't, don't, don't like hit me in the socials and be like, I don't know anything about Slaughterhouse Five. Like, Google Slaughterhouse Five, and then we can talk. Because like, I, I, I would have, I would be frustrated immensely if if people don't at least know what it is. I, if you didn't read it, like, say lovey, but but uh, but you damn sure should know what Slaughterhouse Five is. It was awesome. So, it's true they should know what it is. They damn well should. <laughs> they damn well should. That's one of those like. If you don't know something about Slaughterhouse Five and its significance, uh, then then I I I, I don't know. I, um, well, I don't know. there is a movie, and you know, just for the sake of seeing Valerie Perrine in her prime, um, <laughs> the, you know, that's one reason to to watch it. But the I think the best, not having read uh, this graphic novel, I think the best way to experience is to actually read the book. Yeah. That's what I said. I said if, yeah. if you haven't read the book. I would love for you to read this 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 graphic novel adaptation, but I would rather you read the book first. Uh, yeah, and it's odd that you you mentioned this because there was some discussion recently about um, the outsiders. Uh, yes, yeah, and, and the you know the whole uh, hey, mm-hmm. I think it would be great if you you know you made yeah. this into a graphic novel. And at first she said no, but she's she's like a see me errors of her ways, but um, but I don't think it yeah. is an error. I don't think it's an no, error at all. Thing, no, I and 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 this this one was weird for me because listen, I you know you know where my stance is. I said this in the Slack. My, where my stance is on Watchmen. Not every story needs to be told in every medium. I absolutely agree with that one hundred percent. My take from her attitude of it was that a she was thumbing her nose at at the sequential art form, which which mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of, but. Um, 
she might have stronger legs to stand on were her story not already adapted into a movie that she was in. So it's it's not like she's she's never been, you know, she she's obviously fine with the story being told in other mediums, but um if if she it, it's her work, if she feels that strongly that no, if I want people to read it, they need to read the book. That's fine. I read the book. I, you know, that's you know there, but you know, if 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 you don't want to convert it, if you don't want to adapt it into something else, even though you're having educators, teachers, librarians plead with you, hey, we have people who want, you know, who, however, you're, whether you're struggling, maybe comic books are the first way you, you, you learn to read, whatever. But 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 in order to take that option off the table, I think is short-sighted and, and is silly. And again, it's her work. If she chooses not to adapt it, so be it. But don't make it seem like, no, no, this is my work. This is the way it should be presented. It's so much better than anything else out there available today. That's when I have an issue. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I saw you contribute to that to, to that conversation a little bit, and I, I I tended to agree with your viewpoint. I I mean, my only thought on it was that um, I I I mean, I'm going to sound like a crotchety old man dad now, but I'm a thousand percent in favor of graphic novels as a component of a child's reading. Uh, and and have in fact had several conversations over the years with my own kids' teachers about the consideration of graphic fiction uh, as part of the curriculum. But that said, I do think the like from a dad wanting to make my kids as um, well-rounded in their education as possible, I do think reading prose is vastly different set of muscles than reading comics. Uh, and I, so I, I'm, I mean, in my point only being that I think kids should be exposed to both. Yep. Um, uh, I, I, I don't think the idea of like, well, my kid hates reading books, so I'm going to get him to read comics is like, I like, that's great. Like if the alternative is truly, they're not going to read. Yes, absolutely. But I do think that most kids are willing and able to read what they're told to in school or what their parents, you know, have them do. And so I think in that case, I'm very much of the mind, like, read both. And I will say from a medium perspective, it kind of gets back to Vince's point about the xenomorphs. Your mileage may vary. Um, and there's no absolutes, but as someone who, who has read a ridiculous amount of prose in my life, I, and yet much prefers at least today's day and age, graphic, graphic, but you know, sequential stories, because that's why I spend a lot of time, our time doing and talking about. Um, I, I think that, uh, very few great, works of prose when adapted to other mediums for me are ever as good as the book itself. And, and I think it's the same reason, like Vince was saying with Xenomorphs, like, like it's, if, 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 if it's a classic book that, that is, you know, well, well read and appreciated because it's so well written, I'm going to, the pictures in my mind of what's happening are going to be literally perfected for like optimized for me. And so anything that you show me on a screen or on a page is going to be almost impossible to match how I would have pictured it in my own mind. And even though my reading of it is going to be vastly different than how you perceive it. So I, I'm generally a believer that great prose almost never, and I'm not going to say never, but almost never is better in any other form. Personally, and it's just a personal opinion. But Yeah. yeah. Why um, do you think it's an error, Vince? I think it's. Or why do you think she wasn't an error? I I don't think she was an error at all. I I think that she was dogpiled, because everybody's like, oh, I think you should do this, yeah. and she's like, no, 
I don't think it would be a good idea. And then everybody comes in and says, oh, well, geez, you're thumbing your nose at the, the graphic novel format. So what? It's, it's not her, it's not her, and she has no, she's not beholden to the graphic novel format at all. This is a thing she created with strings of words. She thinks that was the best way to convey her ideas. Why should she even conceive of making it a graphic novel? Because kids can learn from it. So what? It's, it's none of her business. She, she made the thing that she set out to make, and now she's done. It's like, Mr. Bowie, yeah, I, mean, I, I think this... Like- it's like Maya Angelou if they're like, well, you know, uh, no, I'm saying if they're like, you know, um, you know, Kanye wants to make an album out of it. Well, that's stuff. to see you like, just stole my thunder. I was going to say, oh, okay. Mr. Bowie, this Ziggy thing could make a great stage play. Well, I didn't intend it as a stage play. Sure. What, whatever yeah. the case, like maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. But I made the thing that I wanted to make. The fact that you think it would be appropriate to fit into another medium is great. But I don't think I have to, you know cotton to any of your ideas my, my baby's born i don't it's done and then in, in in that case my only counter to that would be then just the way things are phrased or said i there are ways you can go about to get your point across that that aren't so uh and again it's you know oh but, okay I, I love you that's not how i meant it but i yeah it, i love you but why does it matter if she finds merit or it, not in the graphic it, novel that, format no and if she doesn't, that's fine. I'm, it shows, it, in my mind, it just shows ignorance on her part. Then, if that's how she views graphic novels, because it's like you know, your grandfather's still calling them coloreds. It's like, but that's oh, I mean, we, we've gone past that. That's it's like, not you know, don't, even don't, the don't same have, thing. dude. You're don't, tipping you know, the scales. <laughs> no, I I understand that, but but if you're going to, if if you think because you wrote a book in 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 the early '80s, and you know, you think you have some 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 format. Is you, know, you think you know what something is when when it isn't that? That just shows your ignorance. There's there's you know you don't have to be so quick to judge. And maybe she wasn't. Maybe you know she did think about it before she tweeted. But the way it came across, I think the I fact just... that she recanted and said, "Oh, maybe it is a good idea." Was she, she was probably like, "Fuck this! These people are relentless." <laughs> what kind of hornishness? Yeah, I'm just going to say That's, whatever they want I mean, me to say and back the fuck out of this parking space. It's a shame other people don't, you know, realize that. Okay, maybe, maybe I misspoke, and and let me. Right, well, let that's me a good thing, but right? It, but I, right, I just, just show some growth. But it's it, it's just the way it came across, and mm-hmm. which I, yeah, is nobody's business how it came across. She, right, You're right. She right, could think well, the, the well, format is the most reprehensible way of com- communicating on the planet. It it's not for her to. To say it gets back to the to the idea though, and, and and I don't really have a horse in this race to be honest with you. I I can't say I cared much about this whole thing beyond the little bit I saw it through. Dab but it is relevant to what you were speaking about. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying like I don't. I'm, I'm saying I don't have like strong feelings about like oh she she did something wrong or did something. It was okay with it. But I will say that uh, I guess where I would lean to maybe understanding why it it got the ridicule it did is she also didn't have to go on a platform where people like post things into the open ethernet for reaction if she didn't like want her opinion to be serious like like you should never tweet something if you don't expect it to be <laughs> then reacted to like right. it is to be yeah. reacted to right yeah. like so that that would be and again i i don't know the context i don't know if someone like asked her specifically and then she yes. just politely responded on twitter and you know and then in which case i'd say well then you're all piling on because like damn i mean you know woman woman gets asked a question she answers it ask and answer but yeah yeah i don't know like um i do think 
we 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 are we have quickly lost sight of like as a society our ability to have a grace and empathy for other people and it's like but yeah right like a little bit like no. like she is allowed to say i i mean frankly she could have said i just think comics are fucking dumb like right. and, that's what i'm trying and, to say like i we really shouldn't care like like she i don't Shh. like she's not she's not the supreme court making a ruling that comics are illegal right like she, right she exactly i don't know like t- to me this is so different than like i saw that's someone compare it to like the jk rowling stuff like no, no, no. J.K. Rowling is actively <laughs> trolling like transgender as a yeah. as a as an abomination, and and has been given ample opportunity to walk it back because it's so hard because her work of fiction is so incredibly important to so many people right. that they almost don't have the emotional stability to accept <laughs> that she may be a piece of shit, right? And in, <laughs> being given a hundred opportunities to walk it back she's fucking been like bring it i do think it's fucking aberrant right and like that's that's worthy of derision because yes. not only are is she spewing hate and intolerance which i don't think should ever be accepted but she's also crushing a lot of i mean as we know i mean we're a little old for it i mean i do love the harry Potter, but like the harry potter universe is like sacred to a very large chunk of people slightly younger than us like it's like it is, goth disney yeah i mean it's yeah. like right it's it's, it's as significant to them maybe more than like star wars was to us or right. star Trek. you know like it is fucking the thing like it is their fictional tentpole so like it sucks to think that the person that had all of that creativity in their minds to give you a childhood of imagination and wonderment can be a big right like that's a shitty It'd be like Slap. finding out if Lucas was George Lucas was a racist. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, yeah. but he's actually down with the swirl, as you know. So yes, <laughs> yeah. but um, but, uh, but yeah, but I think this poor woman, like, I'm kind of with Vince. Like, ultimately, uh, like, damn. I mean, can she live? Like, she's allowed to not like comics, right? right? Like, yeah. right. oh, absolutely. Like, no, Scott, she's absolutely... Like, like Scotty has said on our show that like he he. I mean, he said this on our show multiple times. Like, he has been given the opportunity to try his hand at writing movies and, and TV. Right. And, and like, and for him, it's just not what he's into. Like, and he's not, he, he, he just doesn't want to be a TV guy. Right. Like it's, he's not saying TV sucks. He's saying, but the stuff he creates, it's, he loves creating in the comic book form. Right. But that doesn't discredit like our friends, like, like Tom, who's writing a movie. Like that's cool too. Like, I just think like, I don't know. I'm like, I guess what I'm saying is I took it like Vince. Like she, she like unintentionally trolled people. She was just saying like, it isn't for her. Like, right. like this is not for her, but yeah. I but we live in a world, man. We got to watch yourself, dude. Yeah. Don't, oh, no, and I think can change your, can change the world's perception. of you. The only reason I, I actually, I became aware of it is because, um, Mitch had retweeted and responded to her and, and, um, I saw that in my um, in my notifications. So had I not seen Mitch's tweet, yeah. I probably would have completely missed it and then not gone down that rabbit hole. But but all this to say is, um, I'm embarrassed to say that I still have not read Slaughterhouse Five. Well, you need to correct that. I do. You need to fix that because it's it is an incredible book, Vince. I hope yeah. you enjoyed the book. I hope I'm not. I have read the book, my friend. Well, that's not saying you loved it. <laughs> oh, come! How could you not love it? Come on, okay. it's in the same wheelhouse as. Um, maybe not in in sentence structure, but thematically and conceptually, it's it's very it's in the beats 
the pockets of the beats. Totally, right? yeah. Yes. And I, I, you know, I don't know that even as I was kind of riffing about it, because I do love it really was, I, I want to convey it was one of my favorite things I've read, period, in a long time. But but uh, I didn't convey, it, it is funny, too. Like, like he's a satirist. It's farcical. Sure. Um, I, I don't think I mentioned that. Like, it is not a, like, these are very deep, setted, but it's all in a wrapper of, of humor and, like, not taking things too seriously. Um I mean, to me, it's also very spiritually close to like the Douglas Adams worldview, like kind of like this fatalist view, right? Like, like, like a lot of life is just what it is, and you kind of just got to go along with it. And um, and then I should also mention that Vonnegut himself was a survivor of the Dresden bombings, um, which was the impetus for this. This was his. This was not his first novel, but it was his first commercially successful novel. And uh, um, I can't fathom what it must have been like to survive, like to be one of the few survivors of a of a bombing that wipes out an entire city, like literally like kills everybody. But you're like one of the few who didn't get killed. That must be pretty like, that's definitely PTSD worthy, right? Yep. Yeah. We may know what that's like in the future. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So <laughs> this, the, the, uh, this Kentucky bourbon barrel ale, which I didn't realize had an 8.2 ABV oh, we didn't do- is pretty fucking good. Nice. I, I was really happy with this. And I didn't realize it was an 8.2 because I also brought upstairs with me a Raging Bitch, which is an 8.3, and I don't think I should do that. No, don't. That's what pushed me over the edge with the fucking Japanese whiskey was the fucking Raging Bitches. Yeah. Because I started out real strong. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have some Raging Bitch. And I had like, what, three or four of them? It, don't, don't, don't. I mean, I had one the other night when I when I when I came home with them, and um, and it was good. I mean, for for a Belgian IPA, I I enjoyed it, but probably because of the alcohol. But um, you sure it's eight? I, sh- I thought it was. Isn't I'm a raging bitch it. like more like eleven? Raging bitch Belgian IPA is an eight point three. All right, what was the eleven then? There's a flying um, dog that's eleven percent alcohol. Wow. What's the name of it? Ah, uh, well. Uh, but anyway. Maybe the place has it. Yeah, I'm yeah, drinking uh, Deschutes again. The uh, the Fresh Haze IPA. It's very good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my, my, yeah, I'm finally gas-free, but I haven't. I don't have any cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to talk about another DC book, I might run down and grab one. I don't know. The free. <laughs> oh, this guy. Seriously. None of us read Rorschach yet, right? Not yet, no. Oh, you did? Okay. I, oh, I you did? It was the next, literally the next thing I was going to read if I had time tonight. But uh, like I said, my brother-in-law treated us to dinner, so I, I didn't have the time to read yeah. it. I think we should tag I heard team it on was, it. I, I, it seems like the reviews were quite positive. Yeah, it's only the first issue, though. But we'll, well see. Well, I guess you don't have faith that Tom's going to Oh, of course I do. No, yeah, I didn't mean it to I'm sound like that. Boy, I'm not shitting on anyone. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Should, should we uh, maybe shoot for a, a bonus app? For the Rorschach? We could do that. Oh, mayhap. Yeah, I mean... I'd be down with that. Keep it short. Well, relatively. We, I mean, should we wait for multiple issues for it? Then, no. Or? Let's go by the first impression on that, on that first issue. Okay. Yeah. We're looking across the bar. We see a very attractive young lady. We approach the young lady. And what happens? That's... That will be the first well, issue of Rorschach. Already events, you have that. But let me ask you a philosophical question. Uh-huh. If this book wasn't written by Tom, would you have read it? 
Probably not. I don't think I I wouldn't have read it like off the shelf. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I would have been averse to reading it, but I would have just waited to see if it was well received and 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 stuck the landing. And you know, after it was over, people thought it was just phenomenal. I, I would have probably just bought the collected edition and read it. So I I wouldn't have had any any like Alan Moore related like I'm not going to support this book. But I I don't. And and maybe we should say this for the bonus up. Like Rorschach was never my favorite part of Watchmen. So, like even the character himself, I wasn't like, oh, this would have always wanted this more to learn more about Rorschach. But but yeah. So for me, this is largely I'm putting a tremendous amount of faith in Tom on this one. Nice, nice. Well, I guess I'm taking the villain hat from you <laughs> and, and putting it on my head. Uh, to be totally honest. As much as I love him, Tom is not the draw for me here. It's the character. I, I, I would read a Rorschach book written by, you know, any any of the, the bright lights that, that DC chose to attach to the project. Uh, I, I believe that Tom will do justice to the character and, and create a compelling... Rorschach? <laughs> well, I said bright lights. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Baby Nietzsche's no, I think uh, I think Azarello could do a good job with with Rorschach. I I think maybe um, there there you know there are a number. Oh, we, we know Lemire guy. could. Yeah, yeah. There's a number of, of 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 guys I would attach to the project given some time to think about it. Sure. Um, but uh, and and Tom is definitely one of that group. But um, he, this could have any name in the writer category, and I would read it. So, gotcha. and I, I, I am a fan of Rorschach from the Watchmen comic. I mean, you know, it's he kind of became, and from what I remember, for that at the time, it it felt like because of who the character was in the book, he was he was he was the Wolverine of the of of, of the book. Where you know, oh, that's just that that's the cool anti-hero who's just you know, gives zero fucks, and and that's. Um, that could be the draw, you know. Doctor Manhattan, not necessarily anybody you can relate to. The comedian was just pretty much non-existent, uh, except for some backstory. But you know, there wasn't. Um, maybe people could relate to Dan as as Night Owl, but you know, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, I think Rorschach's probably the most fleshed-out character for me from, from the original series. Um, but yeah, this is one, and this isn't this isn't a before Watchmen thing because obviously this takes you guys aren't ready yet, but it doesn't it it's it, it takes place after um, Watchmen. But it it's it's um, I didn't necessarily consider this as as them. Um, How the fuck does it take place after Watchmen? Well, we can't talk, we can't go any further if we're going to do a bonus. Yes, we, we no, we're not. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm gonna save it. All right, we're done. Okay, good. Moving on. There's a teaser, people. Little Boom. Bit. How about that? Rorschach, Dem's apples. Monday, be here, right or Tuesday, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll, yeah. we'll hammer yeah. it. We're going to give you an extra one. That's the, yes. the the that's the gist of it. That's what the we're telling gist, you. Just the the crux of the biscuit, right? There we go. Risk uh, for the biscuit. Um, note to Vince: Do not drink four of the uh, the fresh haze. Damn, son. Because I'm tiptoeing into Stupidville right now. Oh. Dang. So what else do we have, if anything? Well, it's not a good time to talk about American Ronin now with you tiptoeing through the... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, 
I mean, you know, I almost feel wrong talking, even attempting to talk about this, other than the shout it out because this is almost like property of, of Vince V. But um, because it is October and I was feeling like doing a little horror, I did read uh, Junji Ito's Smashed and Shiver this week. Oh, yeah. Nice. And you know what? You yes. picked the two Ito books that I haven't read yet. Amazing. That's I was going to ask you. I, knew you I, I actually looked on our uh, – I did a little search on our archives to see if you had discussed them because I didn't remember you discussing them. Uh, and I couldn't see – now, sometimes with our search, it, it's possible you discuss them and it just wasn't in the notes or it didn't come up. So I wasn't sure exactly, but I didn't remember. Um, yeah, well, these are the anthologies. That, that's right, that's right. why I picked them. And yeah. um, um, I, I just uh, constructed a number, as you know, a number of Billy bookcases. So I consolidated my Ito library. And I yesterday I said to myself, huh, I didn't get to Smashed and Shivered yet. So there you go. Well, I mean – Given what a fan you are in particular, I mean, I, I think we're all fans of Ito, but you certainly are the most uh, um, steeped in his work, at least to date. Uh, you'll love him. I, I mean, these are um, – it's funny. Like, it love Stephen King. Seems like we're talking about a lot of prose this, this, this episode. <laughs> and, you know, King obviously has his – he has the gamut. He's like a triple threat. He's got, he's got the novels, which are the core. He's got incredible short story collections, and then he's got a few long form series, right? Like you know that are multiple book series. Um, Ito is the same. I, 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 but I just thought like I was just in one of those. I, I've had these because they're beautiful hardcovers by Viz. Um, I love that Viz does all the Ito books in the same trade dress with different colors. It's great. Um, I don't have all of them, but I, I think I will eventually have them all if they stay in print because. I'd love to have them on, on, on one of the shelves together. Um, but, yeah, I just thought, oh, Halloween, you know, pull out some of the, the scarier stuff that I haven't read yet. And uh, the um, uh, Shiver is nine short stories and Smashed is 13 short stories. Uh, I think very much like any set of short stories, my enjoyment of each individual story varied. Um but Ito, and, and again, I almost don't want to go into depth about these because I, I just cannot articulate uh, the glory of, of Junji Ito like you have in the past. So I'd almost rather people go back and listen to you um, pontificate about him. It'd be a more apt tribute to the man. But um, but he is an incredible – I mean he it, he evokes fear. Uh, his He can draw scary. Yes. Uh, and I don't think that's very easy to do because, again, like – there isn't theoretically much for your mind. There aren't many spaces for your mind to fill in if it's on the page, but he manages to get it done. And, um, of the two, um, I, I had a slight preference for smashed, which was the 13 stories, not because of any particular like thematic difference. I just found more of the stories, um, genuinely frightening. I'd kind of liken it to, uh, for those listeners that, that watch Black Mirror, you know, some seasons of Black Mirror you probably resonate with a little more than others, but none are shitty. I, that's the same thing here. I just, for me, I thought Smashed was like an A plus of horror and Shiver was more like a B plus, but I also caution my own review because I read them pretty much back to back in one sitting over a few hours. Wow. So it's also possible that I just was getting a little like worn out of the 
conceit, and I maybe should have saved them for separate sittings. So um, it's entirely possible that if I had read Shiver first, I would have enjoyed that a bit more than Smashed. So um, I, I wouldn't put too much credence in my relativism on these um, if you're trying to pick one of the two. Of the two. Um, but they were, they were, I mean, it's it's great stuff. It's it's just it's just mind fuck stuff and and uh and he he's just an incredible cartoonist i mean most manga artists don't sell their original art because they don't have to because they make fortunes doing manga because they japan is awesome and you can actually get really wealthy writing comics there um but i would love to own an inido page or two i i I think his pages are jaw-dropping in their intensity I, i i think what he's able to do on a page is hard to do i think horror comics are the hardest thing about horror comics is like evoking legitimate fear. Um, and I think he's good at it. It's tough to do, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the body horror is easy in the fact that uh, you don't really have to work at horror when you're, you're, you're writing and drawing things that are universally cringeworthy to the entire population. Sure. Right? Sure. But some of the things that like um, Uzumaki – Oh god! Well, that's the yeah. right, like uh, just uh, the very f- concept of a spiral, and and everything that goes along with it is just incredibly uh, vague, <laughs> right? But he yep. managed to to just uh, yeah turn um, a uh, a line spinning in on itself to something of of just awestruck horror. But and and I'm glad you mentioned Ito because there's a book. Um, on this previews that uh, I forgot to add to my order. And while you were speaking on uh, Smashed and Shiver, I added it to my order. There's a Junji, um. a Junji Ito book in this previews called Ramina that um, is not uh, explicitly horror. It's science fiction. Which is Which is odd, but it looks like horror to me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the pitch goes, an unknown planet emerges from inside a wormhole, and its discoverer, Dr. Oguro, christens the celestial body Ramina after his own daughter. His finding is met with great fanfare, and Ramina herself tries to f- uh, rises to fame. However, the planet picks up speed as it moves along in its curious orbit, eliminating planets and stars one after another until finally... Earth itself faces extinction. See, this sounds like horror to me, right? Yeah, it does. It, it, is the girl Ramina the true cause of the catastrophe? A masterwork of horror from Junji Ito unfolding on a universal scale. So again, if if um, you have not tried anything Ito, uh, I think we'd all pretty much implore you to to oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah jump in. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, you know I can't attribute the word wonderful to him <laughs> so uh-huh. i i will i will say masterful, he's a, maybe? yes he's a masterful uh storyteller within the the horror genre and he can draw some extremely beautiful women <laughs> that unfortunately don't stay extremely beautiful for long. <laughs> facts yeah so close edit thank you jason i knew i forgot yeah. something <laughs> I aims to please. Uh, Vince, I got an email earlier uh, while we were recording, that, uh, and I looked at my order, and that made up still hardcover volume one has been added. Me too. 
Me too. I know. So hopefully, the both of them will come in the same box, and my pants no, will literally explode. Come in the next box. Well, whatever. It's already out. Yeah. But, but see, the two I don't think is out until next year. But the thing that I am um, very eager to to see is I ordered the exiled omnibus from in stock trades. It's set to come. Ooh, maybe Tuesday. So the exiled omnibus doesn't take. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time between the issues that are in Man of Steel Volume Two and the exiled omnibus. So eventually, the Man of Steel um, the Man of Steel books will catch up to the exiled omnibus, and I'll have a huge chunk of Superman back that I sold. Yeah, right. And and the exiled is published printed chronologically the way they the the way the issues came out um you want me to tell you exactly what's in it i mean i'm i'm sure i don't it would be stupid if they grouped all the action and all the superman and all the adventures issues together they'd have to pub they they have to be printed in in Uh, okay superman exile and other stories omnibus it has stories yes adventures of superman 445 to 460 uh-huh. Superman 23 to 37. And here's the weird part. Action Comics 643 to 646. And Action Comics Annual number two. So it's mostly Ordway and Stern and yeah, Jurgens. Yeah, so what is she, right? What is she, Superman? For, um, Superman 23 to 37. So Man of Steel number two... Goes up to Superman, what, um, like 14, 15? Uh, so, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, uh, in, a, in a bass awkward way, there's not a whole lot of time between Man of Steel Volume 2 and this Exile uh, omnibus, which is... But the but the Exile is just, just the storyline of after Clark killed the Kryptonians. Yes. And then- yeah, and space. he just threw himself in space, and just like, oh, what was me? Yeah, yeah. So it's so so the um, yeah. So this is this is post burn, mm-hmm. and um, because I don't think because I don't think burn made it two years. I think no, um, no. He uh, he was out around. Was he out by twenty one? But still, you know, I'm glad you said that. It's amazing. Let's just say burn didn't last two years. On Superman, and yet his presence is still driving the Superman books today. Yes, yes, okay. It's so, insane. The Man of Steel hardcover collects Action Comics five eighty eight through five ninety three, Adventures of Superman four twenty nine through four thirty five. So per, the Perez stuff, the two issues of Legion of Superheroes thirty seven oh, and thirty eight. Right, yeah. Because this is when you found out that there was no Superboy. And right. what the fuck does that mean for the Legion? Post-crisis, And Superman yeah. numbers 5 through 11. So there's still another book or two before you get to Exile. Right. But that's cool because we'll... Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. I'll get that too. But I mean, I, I'm going to get... Once, once, once they finish collecting the burn stuff, I'm still going to be getting these, these omnibuses. Oh, I'm not... I mean, I'm going to keep getting them as long as the Triangle Era is still being reprinted. Then that's... As that's long as they keep doing these Man of Steel things, I'm yeah. going to keep buying them. Because I also need the third volume 
of the new Teen Titans because that will get me up to the Judas contract in issue fifty, and then I can I can stop that. I know that that's already out. That that's why don't you have that? Have. I didn't. I I I well, first of all, Hossum was kind enough to send me the first two, the bastard, and then um, he gave he, you two uh, omnibuses. He's a generous dude, man. I don't know what to tell you. Wow. Um, and it was by by, but when I got them, it was after um, the third was already. I mean, it, I'm I'm going to get it. I just, it's. I mean, it. Well, they just solicited the fifth. What the hell are yeah, you waiting for? Uh, it's, because I'm afraid if I'm going to keep going, I don't want to end up with the Titans hunt. I'm just. I I need to. I just want the. I want the Perez set. So that's just the first three volumes. I'm I'm good with that. And and I'll so I'll get the third volume. I'll probably I'll I'll get it for myself for Hanukkah. But it it's just um, it's I can wait because I I haven't I haven't started reading them yet. And and there's still so much else we need to read. So many. Excuses. We do a weekly show it's and there's things that come out. Yes, it's how I justify. I just you know it's. But it's fantasy. Just get the damn thing. I know. I, know. I want I you sh- to I... have it. Oh well, let me let me go into my wallet. Walk downstairs when you're done. You walk downstairs. Uh-huh. You say to Renee, "Yo, he wants me to have this. I have to order it." Boom. I have to order it. Pay now. It's it's what Vince yes, wants. This yeah. is the way. Um, I mean, what's great is that you know Jason goes and he takes advantage of the Amazon buy two get one sale, and and he's reliving his childhood with 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 DVDs of cartoons, which is awesome. And I, I actually was looking at them and I was like, do I? I wouldn't mind watching the Thundercats again. I don't remember the last time I saw any of these GI Joe episodes. This would any be fun. one of those sets is is just perfect. And and then I I ended up um, looking through everything that they had. On that, on on the sale pages, and um, I fucking I, I ended up with cookbooks. What? Yeah, I ended up with uh, with um, with a baking book, and I just because and and a um, and a Gordon Ramsay cookbook, and because these because it was weird. I was thinking about it today while I was in the kitchen. I was like, I took advantage of the sale for these things. Because I haven't, um, I haven't used I, like the, these are new to me. If I bought, if I bought anything that was going to that I've already consumed, I, I didn't. I, I I wanted to use the opportunity to try something new. Is what I'm saying. I get you. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. There, there are times when I look at my DCBS order, uh, the the dollar amount, and I think, man. <laughs> Uh, there, there are a lot of, of exploitation and, uh, you know, horror movie books that I don't have and I can pretty much get them all (laughs) for what I'm paying for my, my comics for the month. And yet the comics to me are just so much more compelling. I, uh, I, maybe that's, I mean, that's probably why we keep doing this because, the the medium is more compelling to us than almost everything else in our lives. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we continue, but you know, there's yeah, there's just a lot of times. Uh, I'll be totally honest. When when we have an assignment, and it's like read this, I was like, well, I would, I I I, I will read that, but mm, this Dave Friedman book over here that I haven't read yet. <laughs> I should read that, but no, 
I, I always default to the, because this is what we do, right? And we will continue to do this for another 700 episodes. Damn right. I mean, there are. Until David gets all pissy and leaves in a huff. Uh, uh, no. That's right. Goes Reno to Ian Levenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, comes for a circle until, you, you, until you almost pulls me away again. Uh, no, no, Vincent puts you away the first time. We just went through this. Let's talk about mm-hmm. comics. Yeah. So there are. Um, I did open up the raging bitch. So the. Um, oh no! You're gonna be toasted. Yeah, I'll be fucked in a second. Um, Turks. The the third volume of um, uh, the New Teen Titans is only fifty eight bucks on in stock trades, and I really should get it now. Close this tab. Close this tab before get it, it now. <laughs> what do you mean, close the tab? Because oh, you should make it go away before you order. No. I'm guiding your hand right now. My see, do you feel my caress on the top of your hand? Press oh, that button right now. That's Press what I'm it. calling it. Press <laughs> well, it. We missed the convention, so order it. Uh, That's my thinking. I was like, all right, we didn't go to the conventions. I got so many comics I have coming my way. I need to to step up because you know we would have came home with like 200 pounds of books. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I don't even know. It. I can't even imagine how much we would have come home with uh, from Heroes. Do you know what I ordered in uh, tandem with the Exile omnibus? I ordered the DC One Million omnibus. Oh no my God. shit! What are you? You are a fascinating creature, right? Why are you saying like, that? <laughs> no, because of how cyclical you are. I mean, it wasn't long ago that you wanted absolutely nothing to do with DC. I think you should retrace your steps and go back and see just how long ago that was. Oh, I'm not saying... Like, I'm talking like, like a, at least 10 years. No, that's not true at all. I, I would almost guarantee that that's true. That is patently false. It's not. It is absolutely My My love for false. Marvel waxes and wanes, but my DC love always stays true up to a certain point there's there are times when i'm just like fuck this i don't feel like reading it right now but i i don't poo poo dc almost ever go back and listen or have the I'm people sure some of our loyal listeners probably have a much sharper at, handle on the timeline than the three of us do because it good. all runs together but well listeners if you recall uh the last time that vince besmirched uh the distinguished competition uh, or or was basically saying he was done with it, I would appreciate you timestamping that for us. Thank yes, timestamp that, and I will guarantee you that it's – I'm going to hedge my bet. It, <laughs> it, it is less – it is more than eight years ago. Guaranteed. I will take that bet. Guaranteed. I will take that bet. Okay. Uh, All right. Good. Do, do you want to have some kind of a physical wager on this or – Um. Sure. I mean, I'm up. I'm always up for a wager. I mean, you want to? Mm-hmm. You I, tell I me a, what you I read. I tell you what you read. Delicious craft beers from all around oh, the world. No, but... I don't mean anything like that. You make me oh. read something. I make you read something. The winner. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fine. I mean, that's fun. Again, but well, see, but that's like the only problem with that is like, I think forcing someone to read something they're not going to enjoy could be for bad radio. Oh man. No. Listen to this. Really. Yes. All right. What I mean, you... if I'm like, all right, Vince, uh, I want you to reread Next Wave and give me an annotation. So you're like, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since you went down that road, that, that shit ain't going to get any better. So yes, it would you're be right. interesting if we had like a homework assignment. Like, what's the five things we 
if we were feeling mad at the others, we'd make them read. <laughs> like if we could just like punish them. Well, inexplicably, number one on my list for you would be Gold Digger. I don't understand why you didn't find the, the value in that book. Oh. It's so oh. freaking obvious. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I don't remember what it was, but, like, there was some, was it, like, a sale? I remember, like, there was a digital sale where, where with like... The, with one issue, he gave you access to every issue yeah, like, before. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm it was sure issue 250. Yeah. 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 Fred's a... Never say never, Vince. Fred's a master. I don't know. Just one of these days, like quietly, you'd be like, and Allred. <laughs> you'd be like, holy shit, this Fred... <laughs> yep, he's right up there with Allred quietly in the pantheon. <laughs> See the reason that you're both the fact that you're both laughing just makes me mad. Cause... No, I'm laughing because I'm laughing because I'm buzzed. But okay. Well, so interestingly enough, the question was, what books would you make me read to punish me? And now it's turned into somebody that's making you mad, which I love even more. <laughs> I don't really have anything against Gold Digger. I remember when that happened. I, I thought, mean, you well, just read Empowered, so I mean, it's not like they're. they're yeah, I'm, not, I'm not comparing the two. I'm not saying that you know one. Oh no, I think you very much should compare the two because they're they're in the same wheelhouse. I think visually, yeah, they. Yeah. they I see them as as visually. Similar. I mean, to be fair, I was pretty dismissive of Empowered when I talked about it, and just in that it's, I enjoyed it, but it was very one note. Yes, like I do think once you've read, you know. Like yeah, this, I read the first the first collection. First I, I think, and I know some of our our listeners. Uh, reacted to my comment on that the last time and said, no, 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 you know, it, there is character growth and that's cool. I'm, I'm not doubting that, but, but uh, it, it does feel a little one note to me. It's a great note though. I mean, he is a great cartoonist and sexy characters and it's, it's a, it's a fun book. Well, uh, Fred Perry is the um, Zeus to uh, Adam Warren's, um, lesser god. Let's just say whatever. Hercules. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you can, it is very much a, f- a fanboy book. You can be a fan of Transformers, Thundercats, animation, anime, uh, manga. You can be a fan of of, of toys, of, uh, of superheroes. There's something in Gold Digger for everyone. Huh? Yes. Okay. Sweet. I'd be interested. I, I've, you know, I'm, I've flipped through. I scanned an issue here or there, but I've never, I've never sat down with it. To... I, I, well, I mean, again, one, I, mean, I mean, my main issue, and it's, it's the same. I've, ra- I've raised this with Power Girl. I don't. I, I love the female form. I have zero issues. In fact, I'm more than happy to read. You know, very sexy, if not erotic comics. Um, but I personally do not find uh, when someone draws a woman with like insanely large breasts, that is a turn off for me. It does not, I do not find that attractive at all. And just put like Gold Digger, every woman has like not triple every, F. Not every woman. Okay. But, well, I just Googled it to, like, and literally every cover and scene in I'll, Google Image are women with, with triple F or and, you know, No, there, there's a good amount that have large breasts. Yes. Yes, there are. And again, but not for, every, like for some, that's an aesthetic people dig. But for me, yeah. like, I, I don't think, I think Power Girl is a horribly designed character. Like, I, I do not understand why her breasts are that large. Like, well, she's trying sense. to close up the window. Uh-huh. Didn't you see why Jimmy and Amanda did the whole thing with the boob and, window? And, and, and this version of it is the closest I ever came to 
like enjoying the character. I actually bought that run that they did and enjoyed it, but I, I still think she looks ridiculous. Man. It's hard out. It's Just hard out there for a Krypton a cousin Kryptonian. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm much more of a Kara fan, you know. That's true. Nothing wrong with that. The um hmm. I as soon as Jason said, you know, he's always up for for a wager. I thought it made me realize, and we're not going to go into it because it it's, doesn't pertain to anything current right now. But um, last night, when I mentioned a show that I'm enjoying, and 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 you said you you hate oh. it, it 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 true it it made it. I realized it as soon as you said it. Why you would feel that way? Because it is it is about the competition for you, and and if you're not if you're not going to be judged or win. Um, or, or be judged on if you're not just like every other show, you know how they judge them is is the way you would expect it, and and you know you're taking someone at their word and they have to wing it, and and so I get why why as far as the competition part of it goes, why you'd absolutely dislike it, um, but it's still <laughs> you have to let the listener in on fun. what you're talking it's, about. <laughs> uh, basically, so, so yeah, I mean now yeah, obviously yes, yes, Sorry. yes. It's just it's it's ridiculous. We so. Um, there's a show called Guy's Grocery Games on Food Network. Guy Fieri, who Vince's favorite person, who we um, I don't mind. He redeemed himself to me as far as oh, yeah, Guy is fantastic. Guy, yeah, Guy's one hundred percent. He's he's a legit dude, no doubt. Um, I mean, the, the the theme restaurant is silly, and and we had a good laugh. But I mean, I think as a person, as 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 a human, Guy is one hundred percent one of the best people on the planet. Um, the uh, but but. Guys, grocery games is is a is a mashup of supermarket sweep, which which Jason absolutely adores, and uh, and a cooking show. Coming back, by the way, Le- Leslie Jones. It, it was on. Yeah. It was on. Uh, it was on earlier tonight. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't know if it was opposite Star Trek Discovery, but season three premiered tonight. But you have um, uh, it's and guys, grocery games is a fun show, and and it takes place at a supermarket, and everybody gets their ingredients, and they cook, and and judges whittle down the contestants until there's a winner and for the pandemic um there's a home edition where guy sends boxes of food to three chefs and and they're chefs that we usually know because this week there were there were two chefs that were on top chef and one dude was is a guy who's usually a judge on the show so um he sends the food to the chefs where they and and he and i is this is hunter his son or his brother Hunter is his son. Yes. Okay. I know he's got. A, I know he's got a writer. But okay. So, one of his sons is is co-host the show with him, and and so guy sends the food to the chefs, and and so you're getting. And this is the stalker in me. I I love seeing people's kitchens. I I love seeing the chefs' kitchens. I want to know where they work when when they're not at work, what they work with at home. I love that. So, you're at the chef's home. They get the box. They open it up. Everything's a surprise because you know it's the whole point of of. Triple G is the whole gotcha part of it. So they don't know what they're going to be cooking. They don't know what's in the box. They don't know what the ingredients are. You still have the, the, the you still have the, the perks with the, you know, the package of pain or the envelope of opportunity, whatever you want to call it. So um, when the chefs finish cooking their meal, there's three judges and every, everything's remote. Everything is, is televised and remote and, and everybody's zooming in. And so they're explaining the dish they made. And they have to tell the judges how it tastes, how it all came together. So that you're not actually getting the judge to taste the food to actually come up with the 
that's the part that I, I absolutely get why it would bug Jason is that if, if you can't tell me, don't tell me how the food tastes. I want to know what the food tastes like. So this way I can actually properly grade you accordingly. And, and, and the, and the chefs are going to tell you what they want to tell you. Oh, you know, everything's on the honor system. Everything's on the up and up, I would hope. But, you know, if the judge can't tell you, if the judge can't say what it actually tastes like, and they're going, you know, by what you're saying, it's skewed. And I absolutely get that, but it is still just, it's, and, and kind of segues into something else. For me, it's an absolute diversion because, because guys are fun dude to begin with. But I mean, this is just, you're, you're, they're just, he's, he's throwing shit at them that they have to cook with and make a meal with. And, and it's just, it's an absolute diversion from, from Twitter, from the news, from anything else going on in the world. And, and, and I need that right now. So it's, it, I get it, you. It's hit yeah. me just right. Mm-hmm. I'll well, tell you what, all, I'll make a proclamation. This mm-hmm. clown wins again. I'm oh, done with Twitter. There's no way. I think okay. I'm with you. I think yeah. I'm with you. Um, but let me let me if I may. Uh, sure. Retort. First of all, a hundred percent love that you enjoyed it. Like I again, like I don't want like, and I love Guy and I love Triple G. So like, I, I like I'm all for them. This was episode one of season twenty five, and <laughs> no, it really was. I'm, I'm being serious. I know. Yeah. I know. And so I, I mean, so I'm all for like they got it. It's a pandemic. They got to fucking figure out a way to make the show do. Like I'm cool with that. Um, but for me. It's 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 just that like it's not Triple G then right like mm-hmm. like for for multiple reasons one the whole premise of Triple G is it's guys grocery games you're in a grocery store and you play yeah. games by running around the grocery store for finding ingredients this is their kitchens they are they are basically they are given like a specific they don't have to go shopping they're given it's like more they're like chopped boxes and they're it's, going it's to... like chopped without yeah. judging and yeah and then again like I like then don't. If if you just want to like, I would rather Food Network just say, you know what, we can't do Triple G this year. Guy's a charming dude. He's done twenty years of or fifteen years of uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives too. Like, let's have him go in each week to one of these judges that we all love from the Food Network and check out their kitchens and and yeah. talk and talk with them while they cook. Right? Oh, like, I'd be down with that. Sure, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, so so for me, like like I just don't like I'm I was watching the first episode. And I'm thinking, are they gonna like? Are the judges like in a van outside of their houses? Are they going to like courier the shit to them? Like, nope. it's not going to be cold. And then when I realized it was literally going to be the chefs describing what they just cooked and how delicious it was, I thought this is fucking ridiculous. Like, in the sense that, like, of course, first of all, all the people that cooked are also judges on the show, so they're all very good at articulating how to explain delicious food. So it's like they're. It just seemed like why judge then? Like, what's the point of the judgment? Like, and and they still gave money away. So it's like yeah. I don't like that. Doesn't it's a, like food is about taste. You I you could create the most beautiful plate of food ever, and if it tastes like shit, it's shit, right? So, no. um, and then like so I would I'm gonna but I'm but I'm a giver, so I'm. I don't know if you have HBO Max. I think you do, though, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Perfect. Do yourself a favor. Uh-huh. And I know she's already one of your favorite singers. Watch the Selena Gomez show. Selena Gomez okay. has been cooking every week. She's in her house, brand spanking new mansion she bought. She has all these cameras set up. And each week on a big screen TV, live feed is a chef. And the chef walks her through how to cook a favorite meal. Antonia was one of the chefs, so you get a huge look at Antonia's kitchen, and it's it's they she they each cook two meals. It seems like it's over like a multi-hour period that they edit down, but uh, it's super cute, 
and you get a great look into these people's personalities and kitchens and houses and it's all very chill and they're cooking something and talking about why they're cooking it and how much they love the foods they cook and how they came to be who they are and why their kitchen's like it is. And uh, and listen, Selena Gomez is I find her quite cute. She's she's attractive. I, I find her charming. So I that to me is filling that white space. Like that is I just added one. it to my list. All right. There you go. All right. We've materialized in the universe WTF. Can we get the hell out <laughs> so- of here? So I read, um, I think Jason read it too, because it was his best thing last week. Um, I read the first issue of Rick Remender's Scumbag. Uh, Yes. Yeah, we didn't talk about it on the show. It was just my my best thing I read on the Facebook group. Yes. Um, And and, um, this is an absolute visual feast. This first issue, Vince, is, is, is by Luz La Rosa. It is... I'm not ready. You you gushed about it during like you you spent like four weeks in a row saying how much you couldn't wait for it to come out, Vince. You did. Yeah, I believe it was it was part of the DCBS spiel for Scott. Yeah, it was. It sure was. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm not gonna go into why I'm probably not going to read past the first issue, but I think oh, this oh. first issue because of who's drawing the second issue. Oh, well, well, I mean, so, I mean, but I mean, that sucks because I mean, and, and that's going to do with Rick. It, I mean, you know, really Rick's does. an ally, dude. You put it. Yes, in absolutely. hundred percent. Like, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not writing it off. I, I, I didn't say, but I mean, we'll get the preview. We'll, we'll get the image preview. I'll read right. that. And, and then we'll see if I'll get it at the shop. But, um, but this first issue was, I mean, this dude is, um, Ernie, Ernie Ray is, is an, Absolutely. I mean, the, the the title is apt. He's he's an absolute piece of shit. The man is an utter scumbag, and um, he's just he's crass. He's rude. He's crude. He shits on the sidewalk. He is just he, he's a horrible human being. He's probably so he's absolutely somebody that Vince would sit next to at a bar and have a great time with. Hundred percent. And this is this the art. Larosa's art. I mean, we 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 love what he's been doing. What he did over the years at Valiant, um, this this is heads and tails way better than stuff he was doing on Exo Man of War, um, and and I mean we loved what he was doing there, but this I I don't I mean there's between between La Rosa's line and and the um, the way the colors are popping off the page by uh, Moreno. Denisinio, um, I just there there are parts of it where it um, a lot, especially towards the end of the first issue. Some of it reminds me of um, of of uh, Elder and Kurtzman, just a little bit, just a little bit with the with with the line work. It, it's not, I'm not saying you know the women are are, are dirty or perverted, but there's um, there's just something about the way the faces look to me. Uh, reminds me of little Annie Fanny, but um, it's as far as the first issue goes, man. It it absolutely hooked me, and and I can see why it was it was Jason's favorite thing. Um, I I got to find out. I, I'm curious to know how. I mean, it's it's weird that it's for me. It's weird that it's a different artist each issue. So I'm curious to know if that um, if that may play into the way. Um, Ernie views the world or the world views Ernie and, and maybe that's why things they're going to look a little different from issue to issue. Um, 
because it's not like we're looking at it through Ernie's drug-addled mind. It's it's we're 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 watching Ernie more than anything else. Um, so I'm curious because some so, some of the artists that he's got lined up, they don't. I mean, Robinson's style is different than LaRose's, but um, they they can be somewhat complementary. And 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 I'm just uh, you know if, like. The issue after that was like by you know, Tanzi Zanjic or 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 someone like that. It, it it would be a little different from issue to issue. So I'm curious to know about the artistic choices. But yeah, I I um I'm being very vague with the plot because there's there's just I was still since I do like to escape from the real world when I read my comics, I, I, I don't want to really be reminded of, of, of actual assholes in the world. And, and this is a book that's just all about an asshole. And, um, he, he falls into a back asswards in, in, into a situation that he had no, no right, no sense, no, no, no ability to be in. And, uh, and now we're, the world is, is is in a lot of trouble, and um, and it's just—I mean, this would make a crazy. Um, this would make a, I mean, I, I'm picturing, you know, just I, I for some reason I I'm if there's a soundtrack I'm 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 thinking of like you know the, the Jerry Reed or something playing. There's just some weird. It, it's 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 a fantastic first issue. I, I absolutely give give Remender and uh, and Larosa huge kudos for putting this together. And, and I mean, and the things that are, that happen on the page in this issue, um, I know Larson goes a little crazy with Savage Dragon, uh, with, with, with Malcolm, um, in the situation Malcolm and, and, and the missus get into, but, um, I'm, I'm a little surprised that, that, that LaRosa drew some of the things that happened in this issue, but it is, it's, it's a great first issue. I absolutely if 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 um if you don't um if you just want to read something that's that's absolutely nuts um and it, it's also one of those issues where I think there's there's just enough like it didn't it set the stage and and I want to know more about it but it didn't um when it ended I didn't feel like I was I was given the short shrift or or I, I think I, I think it was pretty much expertly paced and laid out. I, I really don't, um, as far as first issues go, I do not have a problem with scumbag number one at all. I did lead character aside. It's, it's a really solid first issue. I felt nice. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, and, and I will also say, I mean, putting aside, unfortunately who ended up having to draw, well, not who had, who putting aside, who did draw the second issue and, how that now is an unfortunate uh, occurrence. Um, I am interested in what it will feel like reading each of these issues from a different artist. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it may be a deterrent, not a deterrent. It may detract, but uh, th- that said, I, 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 all the artists that have been named are all very good. So including the D bag that drew the second issue, yeah. he's a very talented artist. Um, so yeah, but I, I guess because we had Rick on, and obviously he, like many of us, is struggling with to have like a positive worldview right now. Yeah, to say the yeah. least. I I like that he's using the platform that he's so gifted in 
to kind of like exercise the demons in a fun way, you know? Uh, and I look forward to what he has in mind. I, I presume it's only going to get crazier from here. Um, and it reminds me of like the triple X zombie stuff, you know, like where it was just him being almost um, unapologetically immature, right? Like below the belt, just, just uh lowbrow, you know, lowbrow done really well. Really good nun suck. Yep. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. All right. There you go. Hey, everybody. If you would like to get your comics far cheaper than everybody else is paying, there's only one place to go. Listen to Ernie Woods. Ernie Woods. Ernie (laughs) Ernie Hudson. And head on over to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. We'll get your books, get them fast, get them straight to your door for a teeny tiny a bit of effort on your part. From Marvel, Defenders, Omnibus, Hardcover, Volume 1, $50. Manhunter by Archie Gowen and Walter Simonson over at DC for $8.99. And uh, Warrant with the first issue of their ongoing magazine-sized horror comic in the um, Warren... Uh, Vain, it's Vampirus Carmilla number one will cost you three dollars and fifty seven cents. DCBService.com in your travels. I have something right here of an anomaly. And uh the the anomalous part of this book will not be readily apparent because it is a manga omnibus. It is a huge honking tone. Um, maybe not in uh, height, but in thickness. It is a uh, standard tank of on size, but it is a good two inches thick. Comes from seven C's. It is uh, $24.99 for the one volume, and I believe it's one and done, which was, uh, that's kind of strange in the world of manga, but that's not the anomalous part. It is called Sazan and Comet Girl by Yuriko Akase, and it is a story of a young man. Um, The world is has been um, riddled with extraterrestrials and uh, automatons, or automations, however you pronounce it. So jobs on planet Earth are kind of scarce. If you want regular employment, you have to go off planet. So um, the uh, titular Sazan goes, uh, is employed at, uh, you know, odd jobs. He's uh, it seems like he's a. I, I haven't read past maybe page seventy-five, uh, but it seems like he's a fix-it kind of dude. And he gets work on a planetoid, uh, fixing the fountain for this alien race. It's cool, right? You know, it's it's work. Uh, but um, he's so fastidious in his work that he overstays. Uh, his time on the planetoid, and he misses the transport back to Earth. Well, who do you think stops by to pick him up but the also titular Comet Girl? This Comet Girl is a bit of a, 
uh, a larger-than-life character within this reality, and he's stunned because this woman uh, pulls up in a Lobo-esque space motorcycle and says, yo, buddy, you going back to Earth? Come on, I'll, I'll give you a ride. And on the way back to Earth, they're beset by um, the various characters that this comet girl has wronged in the past, one of them being an anthropomorphic pig. Uh, so where's the anomalous part in this? It sounds pretty much by the book as far as, um, you know, most manga series go. You have a a, a young uh, male lead, a beautiful uh, woman in uh, scantily clad on uh, a space motorbike. So what's the strange part? This book is entirely in color. Mm. I was knocked on my ass when I pulled it out of my DCBS box because I thought, okay, you know, omnibus, manga, sounds like a good premise. I'll get it. When I pulled it out, it's all in color. And the color is in beautiful watercolors and or colored pencils. It looks so strange. Um, But it's gorgeous, and I'm devouring the whole thing. Like, I just got my box not too long ago. So it didn't give me ample opportunity to finish this volume, but it doesn't change the fact that I think you should look for it because it is standout, amazingly, eye-searingly beautiful. Mm. Yes. Uh, the art is... Uh, the the, the uh, contour is um, pretty much a given for this type of, of storytelling. It's it's very um, Kimajur Orange Road, let's just say... Or like the the lead character, the this comic girl is not out of the bounds of most of of you know the the kind of things you see in stories like this. But the color, holy crap, the color is gorgeous. It it just makes it, it elevates this beyond the average for me. Um, I'm marveling at this color work. Every page is just more beautiful than the one that preceded it. So uh, if you're a bit adventurous and you love the manga, like me, uh, do yourself a solid and be surprised at just how beautiful Chroma can be. Get uh, Sazan and Comic Girl by Yuriko Akase from Seven Seas. It's a little bit pricey. Like I said, twenty four ninety nine for a, a big old honking manga <laughs> volume that we're used to maybe paying $15, $16 for. Uh, so there is a premium for this beautiful ride, but I think it's well worth the investment. Yep. Get it. Get it. Uh, in your travels, um, I think um, I'm going to go with... All right, so this... This is weird. Um, wasn't what I was originally going to go with, but I, I, I want to at least mention it because um, I'm not reading all of the Marvel snapshots. And even though there, there are some that have some really solid creative teams, there's, there's a Kurt Busiek one coming out um, that I have my eye on. But this one I had to read because it's Marvel snapshots, Spider-Man written and drawn by Howard Shaken. And, to know that Shaken is going to do a Spider-Man story is intriguing to me. Um, but what's weird is that it's not really a Spider-Man story. I have no idea 
really why Spider-Man is even subtitled on this book. Um, because the story is strictly, solely about Victor Hollander, whose nickname is Dutch. And, um, and Dutch has a, um, has a best friend named Ronnie. Ronnie's an idiot and Ronnie keeps getting himself into trouble. Ronnie rents out, um, equipment from like the tinkerer. So we meet these characters while, um, while Ronnie had rented out gloves from the tinkerer to steal an ATM machine. And he figures whatever's in that ATM machine will cover the rental fee plus interest and we'll give him and Dutch a split. Um, but while they're walking down the subway tracks, Spider-Man is fighting Silvermane. And so Dutch and Ronnie, dis- Dutch tells Ronnie, we should hightail it out of there and, and leave, leave the ATM machine behind. Now they got nothing to show for, for, for their effort. Um, they go home their separate ways. They meet up later and they go to, uh, to a pub where Ronnie's sister Vivian works. She's a bartender. So now Dutch and Vivi hook up and, um, and that's basically what the story is about is, is Vivi trying to get Dutch out of that life and, um, and just live on the straight and narrow. And every once in a while, Ronnie will pull him back in and, um, and, and time goes by because fashion changes. And of course the way shaken, draws clothes or, or, or rather imprints clothes and, and, and fashion and, um, with the patterns and the fabrics, everything. I mean, when you, you have the bartenders in their red vests, and of course that has a certain look and that it, it looks fantastic. I think I, you know, the art absolutely tells the, the, the story and there's, there's little Easter eggs every once in a while. You'll see, um, like daredevil fighting someone, um, on the rooftop somewhere. But this is strictly a story about Dutch um, and Vivian and to some degree Vivian's brother Ronnie and and Dutch and Vivi's life together. And, and Ronnie kind of ropes him into doing one last heist because um, Ronnie never learns. They um, some stupid shit goes down backlash shows up um at some point spider-man comes in to save them from backlash and and that's your second spider-man appearance so again it was just it struck me weird that this would be a spider-man titled book um and i this is the only marvel snapshot i've read so far so i don't know if the rest of them kind of follow that theme where the main the title character is somewhere in the background in a panel somewhere and and the gist of the story is is about someone else but um I kind of dug Shaken's take on this and, and, and the art, the layouts, the pages there that, you know, if, if you've been reading, you know, Hey Kids comics or Divine States of Hysteria, anything, you're, if you're familiar with, with Shaken's work, nothing really is going to be groundbreaking here. Um, but I thought the story was nifty in that sense that, um, these are basically just two New Yorkers who are deciding to leave town and, um, and kind of the 
crap they deal with, especially from family. But being able to leave town and getting tired of all the superheroes kind of interrupting their day and causing traffic jams and subway trains to run late. And, and it was um, Howard being a transplanted New Yorker who moved out to California. You know, it, it, some of that, some of this seems a little personal, which is absolutely fine and, and, and a great um, take on it. But uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's, it looks like a typical Howard Shaken story. It definitely reads like one, um, but it definitely didn't. What I expected after seeing his name in in the Marvel previews and knowing that this issue was coming out, um, I don't. I, I'm not feeling suckered, but it was definitely. It, it, it's weird to say it's a Spider-Man book when it really isn't. But the story itself um, makes up for it, I think. So, in your travels, Marvel snapshots, Spider-Man, at least as far as I'm concerned. Word up! Word up! Um, I got two things because one is a watch recommendation. So in your travels, uh, particularly if you have kiddos, but you don't need them for what I'm about to talk about. Um, I think, uh, people that aren't new to the show know that I recently after Disney plus became a thing, um, rewatched the entirety of the clone wars cartoon series with my youngest son, um, who was too young at the, when the, when the first came out, I had watched it originally with my other two sons. So it was a lot of fun and we both had a ball. And I think that is without question, one of the best cartoons ever made. Um, and then as a result of finishing that, we were trying to figure out what to collabo on next. And I, I Walt Disney plus was like, well, why don't you watch star Wars rebels? And I didn't, I didn't watch that when it came out. Um, it was on Disney H, uh, XD. I didn't. Yeah. I guess we we probably had the channel, but I just for whatever reason wasn't something that like I either was consciously aware of or I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't watch it with the kids. It wasn't something, and I didn't watch it from, with myself. I just wasn't something I paid attention to. Um, but we gave it a shot, and I feel so well. If, I was going to say I feel dumb for having ignored it when it came out, but. I actually feel grateful because as much as I enjoyed the Clone Wars, it was a rewatch for me. Whereas this is Greenfield, and it's incredible. It's a totally different art style. Um, Clone Wars is traditional animation of sorts, and um, and and uh, Rebels is is more of a straight up like CGI three D. Um, but it's still show run by Dave Filoni, so there's absolute continuity to it, and it's freaking badass because it takes place five years after a new hope. And there's so many characters from the OG star Wars movies and it's, they're all, well, not all because a few people have passed on, but, but, but most of the characters when they're in the cartoon are voiced by the actual actors. It's freaking awesome. And then on top of that, it, it's like a perfect, um, integration of the clone wars and the movies because, Clone Wars characters like Ahsoka and Captain Rex are in the car or in Rebels, and then along with them are people like Lando, voiced by Billy D, uh, Darth, Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, Mon Mothma, and it's just awesome. Um, I, I, I we were probably a half, one and a half seasons in. Um, there's only there's only four seasons. It's I think about seventy five episodes total, and they're you know they're. They were half hour episodes, so like twenty two minutes, I think, 
without commercials. Um, but I, it's great. It's great. And I know that when Marvel started doing the Star Wars comics, I know I don't think they. It's I'm pretty sure it doesn't doesn't come out anymore. But for a while, they were doing a Kanan comic, and Kanan is the leader of the Rebels. Um, he's a uh, uh, in the cartoon, he's voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. But he's um, he was a Padawan during um, during the massacre during Order sixty six, and he was uh, known as Caleb Doom. But he's now Kanan Jarrus, and I know that uh, there was at least a, a year or two run of of him in in a comic at Marvel. But um, it's great, man! It's great. The whole cast of characters terrific. Um, they're all likable. They're distinct. It's a, like a, it's a like let's get the gang together and have high adventure. It's super fun. So uh, and the train agrees with me. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you're looking for a Star Wars fix um, until we get the Mando at the end of the month, this is a perfect solve yes. for that. Um, and then, of course, we got the Mando coming. And there's a Mandalorian in this as well. Um, um, yeah, see, the train is absolutely zapping up. It's like, it's like church. It's like sounds, word, sounds like church. The, the train is rubbing out to what you're saying. Right? Jesus. Um, yeah, no, but there's a Mandalorian, and uh, her name is Sabine, and she's like a young, not a young, but she's a, well, she's a woman, but a young woman, and she uh, she's in like a pink Mandalorian costume, and she's in art. It'd be like if uh, your daughter was a Mandalorian, Vince. It's like that. Hmm. Um, but no, it's really, really, it was, it's really awesome so far, and I, I, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled to, to have it exist, but, uh, and then in terms of in your travels with your comics, um, any, any time we get more Black Hammer Universe comics, I'm a happy camper. And um, we're going to get a lot, actually, in the second half of the year uh, because much of it was solicited as COVID was starting and Diamond was shutting down. So there's a, a nice already already printed and created backlogged for uh, for Jeff and his partners to release. And we got from Dark Horse issue number one of Colonel Weird Cosmogog, uh, written by Jeff with incredible art. This dude is 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 a beast and needs more love uh, by Tyler Crook. Um, yes. This is a origin story of sorts um, uh, for Colonel Weird. It's it's takes place. Well, the first panel takes place shortly after the end of the last Black Hammer mini series or arc. Um, but essentially, you know, he's kind of a guy that, for those that don't know the Black Hammer story, he's a um, he's basically an an astronaut who now has cosmic powers, but he's. Um, always kind of veering in and out of different realities. So he comes off as very spacey and um, absent-minded and unfocused. And in this, we get a glimpse as to why and what happens. And uh, basically he's got, uh, he's got to kind of unify his memory. And that's probably what the whole series is going to be about. It's a mini series. Um, and there's lots of different versions of him collaborating um, to do this. And, Crook does this great thing where he he draws the young the young colonel um, to look almost like like Tintin with the little dot eyes and stuff, uh-huh. and it's just it's just very very it it just pulls at the heartstrings. It's 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 just nostalgic. It's great. Um, so I, I thought the first issue was an absolute home run. No surprise. I, I pretty much love everything that happens in the Black Hammer universe, but. Uh, yeah, so peep it. I know a lot of people trade weight on this stuff. I'm not going to be mad at you for that, but um, but uh, but yeah, Colonel Weird issue number one was dope. Yeah, it sure looks good. Yeah, yeah, Tyler the Creator, Vince. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna laugh, but I have all of his albums. Why would I laugh? I don't know. You're a man There's... of impeccable taste. 
I do like his stuff a lot. Yep. Uh, and I hope you liked this stuff a lot because we'll be back very soon with another one of these. If you want more of this, come and spend some time with us on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Reddit and the Instagram because we're there. We also have a Patreon page. We would be tickled a pink like the Mandalorian suit for you to check out. It is patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics 1111. No apostrophe. We hate them. Uh, check that out. In the meantime, do yourself a solid. Make your plans for voting day. I don't care uh, if you're going to do it by mail, do it in person, but get your shit together and get a rock solid approach, a plan to what you're going to do because you need to do it. Uh, we in all need to do it. And early. Yes. Um, and it, hug your loved ones, wear a mask, wash your hands, rub one out if you feel like it. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Got my night plan now. There you go. Um, but in the meantime, say good night. I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe that's the stage play version of the Sega Night, David. <laughs> <laughs> David. Oh, good night. That was the creepy Uncle Charlie who tucks me in in strange ways version. <laughs> I don't like when he does it. He's bad. <laughs> he says, Peace and love. Yeah. David. Well, it's got to be on the money because he's timing it. So come back mm -hmm. next time. We love you. And yeah, we'll big Year's Eve countdown clock. The yes. big ball. We'll be, dude, it's almost Christmas. How freaking weird is that? Dude, it's, you're right because we've been doing a lot of house projects and we realized we have to get it. Like We want it all done within the next three weeks so we get our Christmas decorations up. Right? Oh, oh yeah. For reals, dude. It's so strange. You know, We're you having know, a great room painted and I'm like, dude, you got to have this painted by... Second week in November, dog, because we got to put up them decorations. Yep. And we haven't seen Vince since October. It's been I say years. we because I did see Jason and Daniel in January when I got turned. Um, That's true. Yeah, you, we did see each other this year. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, we have we the three of us have not been together in over a year. We got to do that over the holidays, even if you're just hanging out. Hundred percent. Socially distance. We I don't give a fuck. Well, yep. you know. Yeah, we, we can do it. No, I did make the offer and Jason didn't say boo about it. It's Wait, like, what? oh, yo, dude, I'll be in I'll be in Jersey. I could yeah, stop but, by. Yeah. And well, he's like, first of all, you threw that out there. And second of all, it was like also like minutes after you said that you literally won't let your son date his girlfriend because he's not allowed to leave the house because of COVID. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, Vince is still full on lockdown. No, I was, but we can just like say, hey, said, be, from the road. But, but that yeah, what the in Jersey? Hey, if I'm seeing him hanging out with you, dog. You were in Elizabeth. It's not like you know. You How were, far is that were... away from from Kinalon? I don't know. I, I didn't even. Anyway, I didn't. Even you check were also it. running air. Like it was work. You were there for work. Like it was work. But still, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I mean, I think I would much rather get the three of us asses together and just hang. Yeah, you know? it'll yeah. happen. It'll happen. Yes, it will. Yeah. It absolutely will. By the way, Kaylee McEnany tweeted earlier today, Twitter is against us. The media is against us. Big tech is against us. The swamp is against us. The deep state is against us. The Hollywood elite is against us. China is against us. But 
President Trump has the working man and woman, and nothing can beat that. And then <laughs> this dude quote tweets her and says, <laughs> "It's it fucking drops a Raylan Givens pull quote on her." Oh no! If you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you run into assholes all day, you're the asshole. <laughs> Raylan Givens justified, and I'm like. Holy shit. Oh, man. If I, if I was in college, I'd get a poster of that and I'd hang it on my wall. 100%. Yep. That's fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah. You gotta watch Justified Vince. No, I think art needs to take the world by the throat and squeeze till its eyes pop out. Yeah, that, that. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh,. Uh, so yes please come by next time we'll be here waiting for you we love you so much um, we really do we love you uh, that's it say good night gentlemen good night gentlemen yeah that's it for that one <laughs>